Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with episode 137 of the Chick Foley Show. Uh, Money in the Bank is in the rear view, and what a show it was. Quite possibly the best Money in the Bank of all time. We'll, we got plenty of time to get to that, though. Let's start by introducing the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to be back and not packing my suitcase and not traveling and having all of that behind me. So it feels really good to be back in Sharpshooter Studio this week and just kind of getting back to some normalcy. We actually left um, the baby face stayed with his grandparents this week, which is so weird because in you know his four years of life, I've never been away from him this long. I've rarely ever, ever been away from him, even just overnight while he stayed at the grandparents and I stayed across town um, at my parents or anything like that. So it's been a strange week around here but he's coming back tomorrow in full force and uh yeah it's gonna be uh it's good i'm glad to be back to normal around here marco how's life up in massachusetts going good going good i'm uh this is actually like the last night i'm doing this uh podcast from my old house i'm actually moving to my new house this weekend so man you're a better man than me i think i would be bowing out if i was uh if i was moving over the weekend man moving is such a chore no it's it's horrible it's it's it is horrible but uh, you know, yeah. I think we have we got enough squared away during the week. We did a little sm- slow moves yeah. throughout the week, so we just it's have good the big that it's stuff. close by, so you yeah. can do that. Like you know, you can do like the the moves during the week and just take loads of stuff over. We we yeah. had a move like that once where we moved like literally it was like across the street to a to a new apartment. Um, you know, back in the day, but with three kids, like we did that with just uh. Seth and I, and it was a chore. So I can't even imagine with three kids and trying to keep them on their schedules and doing all the things and just keep them out of stuff. Like I can't even, uh, your thoughts and prayers to you. Yeah, dude. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, like Sheena said, we are glad to be back on our home turf. First time in two weeks in the, the original Sharpshooter Studios ready to record another amazing podcast for you guys. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Find Marco graciously running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. And you can join our Foley fam and get all of our bonus content at ChickFoleyShow.com. We have new episodes of Unboxing Mania coming out every single week. Uh, we have our greatest tag teams tournament episode coming up. Um, and yeah, that's going yeah, to be a lot of uh, thanks to everybody that's gotten their inputs in so far. Um, you have until Sunday night at midnight to get those in, uh, and we're going to start putting together that episode. That's uh, like I said, I think that's going to end up being the biggest Chick Foley show episode of all time. It's going to be Patreon exclusive, where we do the Foley Fams top twenty-five greatest tag team. So yeah, as you guys are listening to this Friday morning, you got the weekend to think it over, and on Sunday, make sure you get uh, get your picks sent in. For that there's also some really cool chick foley show exclusive merch up of in the facebook group you do have to be a member to have access to it uh this stuff is so hot that we really can't even talk about it in the air but uh yeah. sheena from a, from a one to ten how stoked are you for uh, this new item coming out and it's an 11 dude it's something that i've been working on getting out into the out into the world for a for a while now and the fact that it's finally coming to fruition is like it my heart is like exploding. So yeah, super I know it excited. can be. Uh, I know it can be annoying when people kind of talk around stuff. But if <laughs> yeah. you listen to this, you're not a premium Foley fan member. Just trust us when I say, uh, you know, go on Patreon, do the dollar membership. You know, just get into the uh, just get into the Facebook group, and 
and take a look at this because it will be well worth your time. And this is not something that's going to be available anywhere else. There's also going to be a really awesome giveaway this week. We're going to be giving away an Elite Comma. Uh, this is the Elite 85 Collector's Edition. Um, very, very cool figure. And uh, the only way to enter is to be a Patreon. This one's going to be strictly for the Premium Foley fan members, and we will be announcing the winner on next week's show. Uh, Sheena, tell the listeners about the Pod Foundation. So we link arms with our brethren in the podcasting world, some guys that are going to give you your well-rounded week of content in the in the wrestling verse. So we have ourselves. Obviously, you get all of your Chick-fil-A show goodness right here um, on Friday mornings. We have the Turnbuckle Tavern pumping out the best AEW and Indies content uh, in the world. And they have their spinoff show, Turnbuckle Sessions, where Tom the Staple does lots of fun interviews. They do their raw recaps. So Turnbuckle's got a lot of stuff going on. We have Pyramid Wrestling for all your action figure, your in-depth action figure talk. And our buddies, the Survivor Series teams over at the Extra Cooler Show, getting in their DeLorean every single week and bringing you all of the uh, throwback pay-per-views. And surprise, they're going to be joining us on the show in just a few minutes. So we got some crossover action happening for you guys on this week's Inside the Squared Circle segment. So we're super excited to welcome those guys onto the show in just a few minutes. All right, and we want to remind you guys, as always, use code CHICKFOLEY at Ringside Collectibles to save 10% on all your action figure purchases. And any of our other sponsors or partners or products that you hear us mention on the show, we're going to throw those in the show notes. So if you're on Apple iTunes or Spotify, you can just swipe up when you're listening to the show, take a look at the show notes, and you will have links to all of our amazing partners. You guys ready to get into it? Let's go. All right, so we're going to start off this week with Money in the Bank review. But first, Sheena, I'm going to allow you to introduce our very special guests. We have our Pod Foundation brothers in the house tonight. We have the Extra Cooler Show. We have Matt, Nick, and Mike. Unfortunately, we don't have Jim, but it's fine. You know, Jim will Jim will definitely be able to join us at another point in time. And I think how appropriate it is that we're bringing Nick on the show. Nick is Extra Cooler, for those of you who don't know. But if you listen to this show, I'm pretty sure you know who Extra Cooler is. Um, it's HBK's birthday today. Yes. So, uh, you know, we're bringing Nick in. Nick's Nick's favorite wrestler. Uh, you know, we've, we've had some conversations. I've tried to persuade him and get him on the right side of history, uh, <laughs> you know, and bring him to the to the Bret Hart team. But, yeah, not happening. But happy birthday, yeah. HBK. Uh, and uh, I wanted to go ahead and plug you guys and let you guys know um, that you can find the Extra Cooler Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and, you know, Nick, tell us a little bit about the show. Oh, man. So these guys were, were hounding me for, for years to start a podcast, and, and I kept putting it off, putting it off. Um, and, and over uh, quarantine, uh, we would decide to pick a pay-per-view or a match, and we would stay up way too late at night watching it and on a Zoom call with each other, uh, just BSing back and forth. And uh, after that, you know, we went back to work, and I was like, wow, I, I kind of missed that. So uh, we decided to give it a go. And, uh, you know, if you'd listened to the show, um, I, I assembled my Survivor Series team of three of my best friends. Uh, all three of these guys were in my wedding. I was in all of their weddings. Um, so yeah, no one I'd rather do it with than, than these three guys. And, uh, what we do is we, we pick a match or an event, uh, and, and we recap it and we joke around and have some drinks while doing so. And you, and you crap, you crap on Bret Hart all the time. Uh, <coughs> cough, cough, Matt. Matt. 
That's me. <laughs> no, but um, we're so stoked to have you guys. I don't have I don't have the longevity of the Survivor Series team, but Nick and I, we you know we've been friends for like five going on five years yeah. now. Uh, we've worked on several projects for the show together. You know, I've done had personal commissions from him, and it's just been a joy getting to see all the amazing achievements and projects and opportunities that Nick has gotten to do via the Extra Cooler brand, and now having his own podcast and you know linking arms with us to join the Pod Foundation. So it's been a lot, a lot of fun. And we love your show. Huge fans. Uh, so we're excited to actually get you guys in here and talk about some current wrestling. I know you guys do a little, you know, recap on your show. Um, but, you know, we're, we're always talking about the In the Now product. So we're stoked to get you guys' takes on what happened in this previous week of wrestling. Yeah, thank you for having us. Of course. All right. And with that being said, we will get into the Money in the Bank talk. So Money in the Bank wrapped up Sunday night. Uh, a lot of people are calling it the best Money in the Bank show of all time. To me, I'd probably put it a close number two behind uh, 2016. I just, I really love that Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns made event match from that show where Seth won the belt back in his first match. Mm-hmm. But this one was incredible. First pay per view back in front of live fans. I don't even call Mania. I feel like Mania was kind of like half in, half out. Yeah. Um, as far mm-hmm. as having having a live audience back, this one was cool because you knew the audience was there and they were going to be there the next night as well. It's really kind of like a rebirth in wrestling right now. Um, we'll let the guest start it off. Nick, what was your match of the night on Sunday? Oh, man. So as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, you know, we get to Charlotte and Rhea, and I'm like, this is the match of the night. And then the men's match, the men's uh, money yeah. back happened. And I was like, oh, man, maybe this is the match of the night <laughs> for me. Yeah. And then Edge and Roman happened and everything that happened at the end, you know. Uh, so I got to go with Edge and Roman, man. I've been behind Roman, uh, you know throughout this whole current run. So just it, it felt like such an old school match to me, the way they were like methodically going through everything, um, the work on the outside. And then even just the way it ended, um, left it kind of open ended, if you will, if they ever want to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the the match of the night was Edge versus Roman. Yeah, it was a great one. The uh, The men's ladder match was crazy as well. I have a friend at work who is uh, kind of the definition of a lapsed fan. He was really big into it during the Attitude Era and kind of trailed off. But he has Peacock now. I'm assuming he got it for The Office or whatever. And he just happened to catch it. And he, he knows I'm a wrestling fan, so he was texting me about it. And during that men's ladder match, uh, he was just going crazy like, oh, my God, I didn't know this is what wrestling was like nowadays. Because, you know, <laughs> Attitude Era, they had like the Mick Foley, like violent stunts, but they didn't have all the, the flips and everything like you see nowadays with guys like Ricochet and everything. So it didn't have the level of athletic training that, that they have nowadays for sure. Yeah. Uh, Marco, we know you're a resident uh, Roman fanatic. What, what did you think of Roman and Edge? Uh, w- was it a little bit too methodical there at the start, like Nick was saying, or, or did you did you enjoy the slow build as well? No, I, enjoyed, I definitely enjoyed the slow build. I, I'm not sure if I said it on this show, but or maybe in the uh, group chat, but uh, Edge, you know, he, lo- he looks great, great shape, um, better than I look, definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, I want to look like Edge at forty-seven. Yeah, you could tell he's um, you, you could tell he like gas is very fast uh, nowadays in the matches. So I was actually, um, I was actually stoked that this match was more slow and methodical. I actually, I actually like predicted that it was going to be that uh, mainly because you know you want to you want to get that full effect of of Edge and Roman Reigns had one True, but at least at least have. it picked up. It wasn't like uh, Edge versus uh, Randy Orton, which was just like slow the entire well, yeah, time. You have, you have Randy was... Orton in there, so his matches are usually slow and methodical anyway. Yeah. So now you have Edge in there. Now you get to double the slow time, so it's even slower. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I, I'm glad that they did the slow. They slowed it up at the beginning of the match, and then towards the end, it ramped up a little bit. 
Um, it was pretty much near flawless, I imagine. I didn't see any down points at all with it. Um, I've, I've been on the range train forever, so I'm not a uh, a fair weather fan of. Yeah, of I liked Reigns. how I liked how the Usos so. came in, and then their their plan got foiled by the Mysterios. I thought that was a really nice touch. I thought it kind of just like you know collectively like put a put a bow on the night. You know, since the Usos won from the Mysterios, I thought it was just a, kind of a way to continue yeah. that storyline um, and just kind of like you know not allow the Usos to get one over once again. You know, exactly. The slow plotting uh, Matt, match. Go ahead. The slow pot plotting match at the end of the night is a little tough, like for me. Like I found, mm-hmm. like yeah. I was dozing off a little bit during the beginning of it. Uh, of course, Same, I jumped dude. right Same. back in, but yeah. certainly <laughs> was feeling a little, uh, a little out of it in the beginning because it was so old school and so plotting. And I mean, it was an awesome match. Don't get me wrong, but it certainly had me like kind of doze out and come back a little bit again. Yeah, in the beginning, I was kind of wondering, like, dude, why did they put this instead of the men's money in the bank, like, as the last match of the night? Of course, we now now we know, you know, what what happened with Cena and whatnot. But yeah, in yeah. the beginning, I was like, dude, mm-hmm. this is if this is going to be the the pace of this match, like, what the heck? So I, I'm the same, dude. I know a lot of people really appreciated it, but I was like, come on, guys, we got we got to get this thing rolling. Like, let's mm-hmm. go, let's go. <laughs> I feel like you. I'm can't a sucker put a, for the. Uh, go ahead. I feel like you can't put a money in the bank match last because you've got to have the the intrigue of are they going to come back and cash in at the True. end of the night yeah. kind of Always. like, right. like yeah. Dean Ambrose, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That leads us to our next question. Uh, Mike, I'll toss it to you first. Who yeah. do you think Big E is going to cash in on, man? Because I think he could really go either way at this point. I think he could go either way. But, I mean, the way things are going right now with Lashley kind of feuding with the New Day, it, mm-hmm. it makes sense for him to try and cash in on Lashley. Uh, I would say, although, you know, he could do it with Roman too, but I think things are leaning towards uh, Lashley, but you never know. WWE likes to throw those curveballs. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you know, with this uh, Goldberg heading in there now, um, maybe who knows uh, oh my gosh. How, how that works in there. I'm fearful the of that too, is- Mike. Yeah, yeah. Can, it's got to be it's got to be better than last year. I mean, that you know, yeah. that's what I keep telling myself. At least it's not going to be last year. You know, the way that they screwed over Otis over because Otis was like a really unique. Pick, yeah, and I, I was yeah. kind of I was kind of on board with that when that happened. And then the way they like kind of botched it with the whole Miz and Morrison thing. Um, So anything with Biggie is going to be better than that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think he's going after uh, Roman, though. Um, if, yeah. you, if you if you listen to the New Day podcast, you would know who his dream match is. And that's uh, one Bill Goldberg. Um, so <laughs> right, what I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking um, obviously Bobby Lashley Goldberg is happening, even though Lashley denied um, him of a, of a match. Um, I think Goldberg wins. And then you see it's going to be a short match. It'll be like one of those like five second couple of spares. Jack typical Hammer. Goldberg match. Yeah, you typical mean, you Goldberg mean suplex. Match. And then, <laughs> and then you want to get a, yeah, you want to get a big pop. You have you have Big E cash in on Goldberg that night. That'll be like the yeah. biggest pop. It might it might rival uh, John Cena's return pop if that happens. But um, yeah, I'm thinking that's gonna. I think that's the plan. I don't that think would be that, the best yeah. case scenario. But can you imagine? Can you just imagine what would happen in the IWC if Goldberg <laughs> beats Big E? <laughs> people oh, are going to oh, people oh are going beats, to beats lose Lashley and Big E in the their same night. Minds. Yes. <laughs> we'll vomit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Nick, was there anything you were let down by on Sunday night? 
Well, the first thing I immediately think of, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people do, is the whole uh, peacock glitching out during the entrances. Oh, that, oh, was the let, that, was that was the letdown of the horrible. night for sure. Um, but besides that, cinch. I yeah. <laughs> I am I am notoriously anti uh, Natty and Tamina, and uh, oh, them being <laughs> such a focus in that women's match. Like yeah. I, I could have picked at least 10 other women on the roster that I, I would have rather seen in that match. So yeah. to me, either it, it's a toss up the Peacock glitch or, uh, or the Natty and Tamina involvement in the, the ladder match. I thought the whole women's ladder match was kind of a letdown. I mean, I, I'm glad that, you know, Nikki won. Um, she wasn't my pick, uh, but I, you cannot not be happy for, um, you know, Nikki cross, Nikki Ash, yeah. whatever, you know, all the things, but I just feel like, that whole match was weird with Alexa's mm. weird magic that she was trying to do. It kind of just took me out of the moment. Um, and I, I just, it just it all felt disjointed. Whereas like the men's match was just like flowing, you know, it was just like one thing to the next to the next. And it all kind of made sense. The women's just felt very, very disjointed. Even it was funny. Finish. You know, we have our live thread going yes. on, uh, on Facebook. It's actually like one of my favorite things we have going in the group now. And, uh, we had a handful of people get flagged by Facebook for, uh, you know, violent <laughs> content because people were talking about how they wanted to like choke out the peacock and like body slam yeah, yeah. peacock and stuff. <laughs> and we had some of our members message us like, Hey, please don't let me get banned. I'm getting all these notifications from Facebook saying that I threatened violence and stuff. And, yeah. That was like animal cruelty. It was like, uh, your, your post got fla- flagged for animal cruelty. Well, like, they, yeah. yeah. You know yeah, what they need to do now? They need to uh, turn Peacock into the next gobbledygooker. Oh, and, uh, my gosh. Have it be a character. And <laughs> yeah, go from there. Uh, let's hope Vince is not listening to that one. <laughs> it's been a couple of times where we throw out some kind of crazy-ass idea on here, and then sure enough, like two weeks later, it's happening. But, yeah. you know, yeah. there's, there's somebody hey, out there that's got their ears to us. If that happens, man, I'm – I got my ear to the ground here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take note of the date, and then we'll see we'll see whenever that happens. I'm gonna be like, uh, Mike needs some royalties, please. Is that idea? <laughs> All right, let's take a look ahead at SummerSlam. The card's rounding into shape. It looks like we are gonna have a triple main event. So we have Lashley and Goldberg, who we already talked about. Edge versus Seth Rollins it looks like it's definitely going to be happening. And then we got John Cena against Roman Reigns. Cena, which one of these matches are you most excited for? Um, I don't know. They're both going to be really freak. Oh, well, I guess I don't know. Lashley versus Goldberg is not um, not on my top. But um, Cena versus Roman is going to be really good. Edge versus Seth goes back a long way. So I feel like the storytelling is going to be really good. The thing I'm most excited about is I think we're going to get some really cool maybe some SmackDown matches where we get like maybe a tag team, you know, maybe it'll be Roman and Seth versus edge and, uh, you know, edge and Cena. Wouldn't that be cool to see like, you know, tag team match before, uh, before SummerSlam. But I'm going to have to go with. Seth versus edge. (laughs) I think I'm I'm ready to had a sense of suspense there. uh, Sorry. (laughs) Dude, they're both, they're both going to be really good and I don't want to see Seth or Roman lose. So it's like, you know, what if we go back in time to uh, to 2019 and they bring Seth and Becky back on screen to go against Edge no. and Beth? How about that? Oh, that'd be <laughs> great. I love that. That was, dude. I, you know, I, I love in a vacuum. I love Seth 
more than anything, and I love Becky more than anything. Them together was like the most anti-chemistry that I've ever seen on TV. And I know they love each other. I'm sure they have an amazing relationship, but like their relationship on TV was like the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Like they were like patting each other on the back and just like, hey, buddy. Like it was just, (laughs) it was so strange. So I never want to see that ever again. I don't want to acknowledge the man's man ever again. Yeah, them being so uncomfortable on screen, just like great. Grabbed you through this through the television. It did. Man, it made it you was... feel like you were watching something you weren't supposed to be seeing. You were just exactly. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just I, that's what really killed Seth's run as Universal Champ, man. Because yep. that wasn't his character. He was never like sweetheart. He was like a never say die type baby face. You know that like take a beating and kept going. But then they got him playing like just this boyfriend character, and it was. It was horrible, man. It wasn't even, it was, yeah, it was like, she was like the dominant one. Not that I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying we should buy into gender roles or whatever, but I mean, it was just like, they made, like, Seth is supposed to be this, like, dominant. They should have been equals, and they Yeah, they should have been equals, exactly, and then he's like the man's man, and it's like, you know, oh, it's Becky Lynch's boyfriend, and I'm like, oh, God. I'll just never forget when Maria Kanellis told Becky, you go get your bitch, and I'll bring mine, and I think that's that's one of my top, like, (laughs) three or four, like, worst (laughs) moments in, like, wrestling fandom over my yeah. Uh Matt, do you think we're gonna see Becky back before SummerSlam or do you think they're saving her return for for the big night? Because I, I thought for sure we were gonna see her at Money in the Bank. I was expecting her on Raw the next night. Like I felt like because we didn't get the swerve of the 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 random person or the the mystery partner, if you will, at the uh at the Money in the Bank that we were going to get her on Monday. Well, actually probably Friday with Seth being on Friday now that I'm thinking right. about it, but um, she's got to be coming back. And I just don't know where she fits in now with Nikki Ash. And I, maybe I'm jumping ahead to raw, but with Nikki mm-hmm. Ash now being the the champion here. So I, I, I imagine at SummerSlam is where we get her. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking we see, somebody whether it's Rhea Ripley or Charlotte take the belt back from uh from Nikki Ash and then maybe Becky comes out and confronts him if they did her, if they put her on Smackdown it seems like Bianca's still kind of like building to to like the peak in her run or whatever but that right. would be a hell of a match seeing Becky and Bianca go at it for the first time at SummerSlam but it's just that feels like more of like a mania match than mm-hmm. something that they just throw together for Becky's first match back it's hard for me to think that they're gonna go that way because they're both good guys and they're both going to be so over like yeah. one thing of that we learned over the last week is that the Bianca being over is real it's not just fabricated by the Thunderdome so I I can't see them going that way but I also true but if Becky comes her, in that's going to kill that you right. know thinking about her on Raw just I mean you have the Charlotte connection you've her with Rhea would be a, a ton of fun but I just I don't know yeah, she fits I, I can't in a lot see her going on Raw. Raw right now yeah, she fits in a lot better on Raw, but yeah, they have traditionally like tried to keep uh, like married couples and stuff together on the same brand. So don't forget, there's probably probably a draft coming up soon. I was just gonna say that superstar yeah. shakeup, right? So you never know um, because, like you guys said, I think she makes more sense on Raw because mm-hmm. why are you gonna put her over? You know. She wasn't even there. She was at home breastfeeding, and, uh, and she was <laughs> yeah. more over than anybody on the show. Yeah, so. we may have our first breastfeeding champion of all yeah. time. <laughs> you know, Maria Canellis was the first pregnant champion. Now we're going right. to have our first breastfeeding champion. <laughs> Do you guys, uh, Mikey, think it's any chance we see Brock come back at SummerSlam? He's still like kind of the last big name floating around out there waiting to uh, see where he lands in WWE. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to be at SummerSlam. I think... Maybe they tried to get him and 
Goldberg was uh, Plan B, um, perhaps. But I, I just don't think he's going to be at SummerSlam. I don't know what they could do with him there now that he's not going to face Lashley, or unless something happens where like he could face Lashley. But he's still uh, working I on growing out that ponytail. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here for the ponytail. I think it's I think it's kind of badass. I'm here for it. Um, I think it, I mean if he comes back, he's still got this amazing storyline set up with Roman. You know, just like the Heyman factor, right? I mean, he's going to come oh, back, yeah. and you know, um, it's just going to be like, dude, what are you doing with him? You know, like yeah, yeah. that was the uh, the last thing I saw on like the dirt sheets was that they want to say Brock, they want his first match back to be against Roman. So maybe they want to get Roman and Cena out of the way first before they bring Brock back. Yeah, maybe he shows up at the end after that match perhaps that's like the only scenario mm-hmm. I can envision yeah. right now yeah that could be cool see if Roman beats Cena and then Brock comes out at the end of the show to confront mm-hmm. him I don't know a lot of cool stuff um, definitely excited to see where they go over the next uh, the next five or six weeks alright Marco I'm going to put you the spotlight on you man explain to me how it makes sense to have the undefeated NXT champion Karrion Cross make his much anticipated debut on Monday Night Raw and lose in less than two minutes to Jeff freaking Hardy. Pre- present the WWE's case for uh, for booking this match. Because uh, NXT is not a part of WWE. And, he, carried, uh, he carried the NXT the, championship on TV. Well, I, I know, but WWE does not recognize NXT as a as a brand or as an extension of Vince WWE. Um, yeah. it, well, that's what I mean. I'm not saying. Yeah. Uh, he who should not be named does not think that uh, <laughs> yeah. w, uh, yeah. NXT is a... Uh, is is even like a third even like a, it's not a, it's not seen as a third brand um to smackdown and raw it's seen as a developmental still um and i was actually reading something today where um you know more stuff is coming out about him losing to jeff hardy and they basically said just that um they're seeing nxc is basically just seen as a developmental as a performance center place not not seen as like i don't want to say none of those people are real talent but not talent to the level of the main roster. Um, and, uh, and other things uh, I've been reading is basically just Finn saying like, you know, you're not going to get this guy over on my, on my uh, flagship show. Then why bring um, him up? I mean, I don't understand what the, what the yeah. purpose of bringing him up. Like it's just another warm body, you know, and why bring him up with the title? Why don't you just strip him of the title? He could have lost it. And then, then you bring him up as a, you know, nobody to climb the ranks on the main roster. That's I, that. I mean, that's, that's all, uh, that's all I don't want to say Vince is doing, but the higher ups, they're the ones that make those decisions. And like I said, if I mean it doesn't matter if he has the NXT championship, if it's not recognized as a as a title on the main roster. But everything everything Vince does has a purpose. Because I mean, you gotta yeah. think the Viking Raiders came up from NXT. They they were the tag champions at the time. They did not they carry the, the tag experience. The and they had their names changed. Oh, <laughs> not, not only did they not the carry the belts, yeah. Yeah. they got a freaking exactly. team. Not only did their team name change, they also individually changed their names. They went yeah, from Rowan Eric Hansen and to Eric and Ivar. Like Yeah. yeah. So they, that had, was an they had a full they had a full freaking makeover, dude. They didn't carry their titles. They were the tag team champions in NXT at the time, came up to the to the main roster had a complete you know makeover or make under i guess you uh, i should say um and then but carrying cross still has his name granted like he didn't have scarlet and like all the smoke and mirrors and all that stuff but he he did have the title so it's just it makes you wonder like what and jeff hardy okay let me let me just preface this by saying jeff hardy is fine like i you know he's a he's a legend in the business he he's not it wasn't like they brought him up to like lose to freaking drake maverick or something right but it's still like they have they haven't done anything with jeff hardy in months 
right? And it's to the casual viewer, they don't give a shit who Jeff Hardy is. They don't know who he is. They don't know the history. So he comes in and beats this guy that's got a belt, right? And belts mean something or titles mean something in WWE. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not one to usually just like get on here and just like rag and complain about like minuscule stuff like this, but it's really freaking annoying at this point. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would counter with, yeah, I would counter with that with saying like more people would not know Jeff Hardy over Karrion Cross. And if you're an average fan, you're not going to know what that belt is anyway. And you're just like a casual fan of watching Raw. So like, I don't think that's like a, I I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of those people. I actually tweeted out and I said, did people actually think Jeff Hardy's going to lose when he uh, brought back his, his old theme music? Like, he was yeah. not going to lose that match. It was, it was, you should have known he was in a win. That's, I got to jump in on this one because yeah. it, the, the internet is blowing up about how awful this is and a burial that, that, that word that I can't it stand listening a, to. I don't think it is. Yeah. But it was, it felt like this was something that should have had 10 minutes and only got two. And it was yes. something that should have been pulled off in a much better way. It, it had so much room for better execution, mm. but in the long run, like it, I don't, I'm not mad at him losing. I'm mad at it being so short because if yes. Cross comes yeah, up the- and he completely obliterates Hardy for five minutes and then Hardy gets this feet on the ropes, cheating way victory, then Cross gets to go crazy in the ring, throwing things and looking like this complete badass. But he didn't allow any of that. And he felt well, why so was Jeff uncomfortable. Hardy, why was Jeff Hardy cheating either? Like, that's another thing. Why would right. the hell was Jeff Hardy trying to cheat? I don't understand. You know, none of that made any sense to me. It's just yeah. like, oh, like, you know, now this like baby face guy is like putting his feet on the ropes trying to like cheat. What is this? You know, it was just all it was a mess, I think, they, is, the, is the best way to put it. They they honestly, in my opinion, I'm going to pig, piggyback on what everybody's saying, because uh, this could have totally worked. Uh, yes. Had they continued mm-hmm. the story on NXT. All right. So yes. forget the fact that Jeff Hardy's like like five and twenty in twenty twenty one right now. Um, <laughs> but let's say it carries over to NXT and you've got this whole storyline with Joe and Karrion Cross going on. Uh, Joe could have called on Hardy's help and like carried it over, saying that you know. Uh, Hardy's coming, you know, I've got him yes. here. You can face him again, uh, you know, since Joe isn't allowed to have a match. And and then in that match, Karrion Cross destroys Hardy and, uh, you know, makes him pay for for cheating and putting his foot on the ropes. I, I don't know. Absolutely. There could have been, Something, anything. been yes. more um, yeah. to it. I Just think. a little continuity is all yes. I want. You know, a yeah. little bit of storytelling and a little bit of continuity. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be nearly as irritated by this. But yeah, it just didn't make it didn't make any sense to bring him up in that in that way. What's uh, worse, him showing up decision. with the title? Go ahead. What's worse, him showing up with the title and losing or him not showing up with the title and still losing? Like, does that does that I, mean I, a, a big deal? I, I, yeah, I think I think the fact that he showed up and he's your NXT champion. I know Marco doesn't think that you know he he thinks that they they're not the third brand or you know that Vince doesn't feel like they're the third brand. But I feel like they've done a lot to put NXT on the freaking map, you know. And they've they've they're on TV now. They have stars, you know. I just feel like um, rewind you, to Survivor Series like yeah, a couple years exactly, ago when they dominated. Exactly. Yeah, they came in and freaking well, wiped the floor with Raw and SmackDown. Well, so exactly, yeah. I just feel like it's um it. To have him carry the NXT title on there, 
and get and lose to Jeff Hardy again. It could have been done better, but in two mm-hmm. minutes, when he's like, right. you know, supposed to be this badass undefeated, and they didn't even—they don't even know if they mentioned that. Did they even mention that he was undefeated in NXT uh, in like commentary or anything? I I didn't notice it, but no, they, didn't I didn't they play? So. Didn't they play a little Jeff Hardy package right before this match though to try to like show some of the history? I, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, the, it was a mess for the sure. Other side, yeah, the other side of that too is like you guys are comparing NXT rosters uh, that are completely different from what they are now. Like this, not not anything against this roster, but you can't compare this NXT roster to what they had at that Survivor Series. Okay, so they brought they brought they brought Shayna. Shayna was like one of the leaders of the pack, and what was it? Mm-hmm. Adam Cole and Shayna, right? Weren't they like the um, and Keith Lee? And Ke- yeah, Keith, and Keith Lee, Lee, Adam Cole. So yeah. Shana. So and what what has what have they done? Where's Keith? Like Keith Lee lost to Bobby Lashley on this same episode of Raw. Shayna mm-hmm. is she's freaking you know Voodoo Mama True. Juju down in freaking you know <laughs> Alexa's freaking funhouse. Like it's, they haven't done anything with those people either. You know? Yeah. Those people were badass. They came in and we were like, holy shit, this is the NXT roster we have. Like these are the people yeah. that are in developmental and literally coming up here and they have their foot on our throats. Like, yeah, this is crazy. But what have they done since they've been called up to the main roster? I mean, that, that, and that's yeah. the, that's the key right there. It's they're on the main roster now. They're not, they're in Vince's control, not triple H's. And if, if Vince didn't create them and build them to who they are, then he has, Kind of no use for him. Well, that doesn't make sense because, you know, um, Roman and Seth and all those guys, they came through, you know, essentially yeah. NXT, right? I mean, they came through the the, the WWE. But they were brand new yeah. characters when they debuted on on yeah. the main roster. Like yeah, they Roman they, was they Leaky down yeah. in NXT and Seth True. was like this, like, you know, yeah. screamo heavy metal fan. Yeah. Uh, they weren't the shield, you know, they, no, they just weren't. they, they, they came in as a new package. Yeah. I wanted to um, compare this debut to other uh, NXT champions coming up uh, like Kevin Owens mm-hmm. coming up with the NXT championship and, you know, beating he, he, John, he beat Cena. John Cena on his first night. Right. But, that, yeah. but, that, but again, that's, that's someone Vince McMahon loves. Like he loves Kevin Owens. Like it, it, it's all like we're trying, I'm trying to avoid saying Vince McMahon, but I can't. It's yeah. Vince McMahon has to like <laughs> love you in order to, and then I don't think he likes Karrion Cross. Personally, the string um, of NXT calls yeah, yeah. we've had the last couple of years, I blame all of them on Finn Balor. Because you guys remember when <laughs> Finn got caught up in 2016? Oh no, it's true. He beats hey, Roman clean. He beat, which is one of the rarest things you can do in the last five years of wrestling. He beats Roman Reigns clean on his first night on Raw. Yeah, goes to SummerSlam, beats Seth Rollins clean. Think about it. As far, aside from Brock Lesnar, who's been mm-hmm. booked stronger than Seth right. and Roman in WWE yeah. over the last six or seven years. He beats both those guys clean. I mean, you cannot have a better first month in modern WWE than Finn. First and what universal does he do? champion. Yeah, first, first universal, universal champion. Yeah. He gets his shoulder blown up and he's gone. And I think Vince has been gun shy about the NXT guys since yeah. then. You know, it's been very, very be right. rare. Like I said, somebody yeah. comes up and gets a lot like of steam said, behind I, him. I try to avoid it, but I didn't want to say Vince. But yeah, he's, he definitely doesn't. If he feels like that person isn't going to do what they need to do on the main roster, they're not going to get the same push as they did in NXT. True, but eventually that gunshot, I mean, where are you going to feed your talent in from? I mean, if you're not going to feed them in from your own developmental system and make them champions. Roman's he, just going to be champ for like 10 years. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not losing Give at all. Until yeah. Bruno San Martino himself. You got Roman on one side, you got Bobby Lashley from the Ruthless Aggression era on the other, man. Done. I mean, Finn Balor's back, so maybe he'll change that narrative who knows yeah. finn hasn't look been finn hasn't been camps. the same since look at our last year of wwe champions you went 
from Brock Lesnar to Drew McIntyre to Randy freaking Orton to mm-hmm. back to Drew to The Miz and Bobby Lashley. All those guys are from like the mid 2000s, man. Like, yeah. oh, you're so mm-hmm. right. No, yeah, that's what I mean. He's, so he right. just, he's like Vince is stuck on the people that, that have uh, like tried and true that have proved that they can, you know, they have value. Definitely. And I don't think he, he's putting that value into the NXT. Like look at Shayna Baszler. Like they try to give her that, that whole, like she destroyed everyone in the elimination chamber, like eliminated everybody. And then after that, what happened? It's just nothing. Becky she Lynch faded off into then, oblivion. Yeah. That was it. I mean, maybe if Becky Lynch, Oscar too. Thing, yeah. Yes. Oscar too. Yeah, I mean they kind of. I mean, yeah, I mean Oscar's kind of, you know, she flounders a little bit, but yeah, I think it's just, it's all on Vince, man. It's Oscar's it's, had her moments, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. been up and down. Um, yeah. You guys talked about Survivor Series 2019. One of the other big standouts from that show, who had a, a hell of a showdown with Roman Reigns at the end of the men's elimination match, was Keith Lee. We saw him yeah. make his return for the first time since I think January on Monday Night Raw and loses really, I think it was maybe like a couple notches up from a squash match against Bobby Lashley. Uh, Nick, I'll kick it over to you, man. What do you think this means for Keith Lee's future with the company? I, I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> I wish I could. I, I am. I was left scratching my head. Uh, he had different music too, right? Yeah. I, different music. Yeah. His return's been so anticipated I by know. the fans too. To me, it felt like, one of those times we've seen him do this a handful of times before where somebody's gone for a long time and they come back for like one match and then they get released shortly after. Like I've, I've kind of been on right. pins and needles waiting to see like Keith Lee pop up as a trending topic on Twitter this week. Cause I, I feel like his release is coming. That That's oh, what yeah, it smelled like to me. You know what? I feel like it's the complete opposite. We're in this upside down world right now. Okay. So think about this. Okay. So Alistair Black gets a big giant push. We're thinking like, Oh, this dude's like getting, getting ready to be pushed to the moon and then he gets fired. So maybe it's the opposite. Maybe Keith comes in. And he gets squashed and then he's good. He's going to like come in and like somehow beat Biggie and like get the money in the bank and cash in and be the freaking next champion. I hope so. You know, I mean, the possibility <laughs> is there. You, you never know what can happen in this, in this crazy world. This is another thing that I'm uh, chalking up to the column of putting in the ethos on here. And I'm hoping it doesn't happen now. I love, <laughs> I love Keith Lee, but man, I want to see yeah. that Biggie cash in, man. Yeah. I don't want, yeah. I don't want him beating Biggie at all. No, he's Biggie definitely deserves where he is right now. And mm-hmm. I don't want, Keith yeah, Lee. I'm just joking. I just feel, yeah. I, I mean, nothing, nothing WWE does make sense. So you know, I, I just feel like that, that would be like true. the most, that would be the most Vince thing. Like, Oh, he gets squashed. And then, you know, all of a sudden next week he's like, you know, a, a freaking confronting Roman. No, how about this? What if next week he uh, Lashley is uh, is gaining his services somehow, and he's joining the Hurt Business? I don't know. That it was tossed cool. around a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Hurt Business two Yeah, something. Give this guy something to do. Um, something's better than nothing, I guess. Yes. Uh, maybe I don't know. That's true. I don't know. At this point, I feel like Keith Lee might be better back out in the wild and, you yeah. know, find find yeah. something to do because ever since he's been on the main roster, they have like scrubbed him down to absolutely nothing you know and i mean he's had his moments um but it's just they're so brief it's like a freaking you know dying star it like gets really bright and then it's like and it just dies you know and then there's no explanation for for why he's gone or why why all of a sudden you know vince soured on him or whatever mia yim too she's still been gone yep yeah she's supposed to be on smackdown hasn't debuted yet I don't know. It's been weird. I wish I wish the best for him. He was he was so awesome in NXT. I mean, he's the first ever uh, 
double North American and he's NXT incredible. champ. And, and he's yeah. just a, he's just a good he's like a person that you want good things to happen to. Like if you ever like listen to any exactly. shoot interviews with that guy, he is just like a straight up like yeah. good dude. And I feel like I want amazing things for him. I want him to be champion. I like he's somebody that you could have your kids look up to and be like, yes, that's the kind of guy, you know, you want to have as a role model. And I just feel like it's such a disappointment that they've just dropped the ball on Keith Lee. Yeah, I had I had all these notes for the. Go ahead, Matt. The gun. Go ahead. <laughs> we had a little premature <laughs> beverage break. No, no, no. It, it it's probably needed. So I'll be quick. But I had all these notes for Karrion Cross's debut and the the Keith Lee one. All I wrote was this. I don't get, and that was yeah. it. So let's it's kick true. it over. That's to how, that's break. how that's how you sum it up. <laughs> this I don't get. <laughs> let's take it back to Sean. <laughs> <laughs> India Pale Ale from there, and it's quite good. I thought you were gonna say you were gonna be drinking some like you know, chocolate stout. Or something <laughs> That's like that. what I thought. You, yeah, you dropped the ball. You like you know you, you built up Peanut Hershey. Flavor. Yeah, you built up Hershey. I'll be yeah Reese's cup. You know. Um. <laughs> oh, I got plenty of Reese's cups. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, and they got Trogues Brewery down there too, which um, is one of my favorites. But I I went with the uh, Mount Gretna. Because uh, when I ran into somebody from high school there, like four hours away from our hometown, and um, he hooked me up with a free six pack. So hey, that's what I'm drinking. I need those kind of high school friends. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what are you drinking, man? Uh, I am drinking uh, from Millhouse Brewing Company. Uh, it's called Everything's Coming Up, and it's conditioned on pineapple. Uh, it's a New England style IPA. Uh, brewed with pineapple, seven percent, and uh, it's a local brewery up in, over in Poughkeepsie, New York, and it's it's delicious. I like anything with a little bit of a fruit in my beer, just a little that bit, just enough. Yeah, we've been real big into the New England IPAs here lately, man. Those those definitely hit. Uh, Matt, how about you? What are you drinking? I'm staying on the New England IPA train, and uh, I was I was going to the beer store today, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted. I have a broken skull in the fridge, but I went for a Lawson's sip of sunshine, which to me was almost like that gateway drug into the New England IPAs for me. So uh, a classic one for me, this and Hetty Topper, I think, kind of introduced me into that style of beer, and I'm a big fan. So an eight percenter, and uh, cheers, guys! Thanks for having us. Hell yeah. Marco, keeping it with the uh, dream team summer going? Uh, no, I, I had to take a uh, take a take a bench. I had to sit on the uh, bench for a little bit and uh, go with the with the broken skull IPA right now. So it's never a bad choice. That's not that's not a bad choice at all. But uh, yeah, I mean the dream team isn't doing too good this this season in the uh, those preliminary games. So <laughs> we, had to, we had to sit one out <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Sheena. I'm doing a local Norfolk, Virginia brewery, Smart Mouth Brewing Company. Um, I love a lot of their stuff. This is their Alter Ego Saison. Uh, it's their farmhouse ale, and it's got raspberry. So they have an Alter Ego regular Saison, um, but this one has raspberries, and it is really good. So if you're, you're, if you're into the fruity thing, Nick, uh, this yes. is perfect. Yeah, it's like kind of tart, delicious. It says red, white, and brewed. It's kind of a you know patriotic can, so, very, very summery. So. I've got a really funny story for you. Um, 
you know, they're by you, but also the, our, our friends, the Dirty Buffalo is over by you. Yes. One yes. of their locations. So actually in probably like the week where like the madness hit in COVID, it sounds like that, that exact beer, um, the Dirty Buffalo and Smart Mouth were supposed to do a, a collaboration with Raspberry. Um, and I, I drew up like this, their mascot laying in the pool, um, with raspberries and lemons around them. And, no way. Uh, yeah. And they were going to do a collaboration together that was going to be, I think, exclusive to the restaurant. Um, but then, you know, COVID hit. And, yeah. And, it, well, it's funny because, yeah, this is their seasonal. This is their seasonal drink. And the lady who I was like, you know, I was getting some beer this afternoon at Harris Teeter and uh, I picked them up and she saw them in my basket and she was just like, oh, she's like, is that the the seasonal raspberry smart yeah. mouth? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, dude, you got to snap that up. You know, when they have it, it's really, yeah. really good. So, yeah, cool. If Man, Jim you guys make here. me feel bad. I uh, I feel like I should have brought some more heat to the uh, to the show. You guys are all busting out the crafties, man. I'm drinking. I did class up a little bit. Said the usual Miller Lite. I'm doing a Miller High Life tonight. The uh, the champagne of beer. So you know, sometimes <laughs> you got to step it up a little bit. <laughs> Love it. What is Miller it? Time. Matt, what's uh, what's what's Jim's drink of choice? No, I was gonna say to Nick, if Jim was here, he'd make you tell the uh, the commission that you did with the Buffalo Boys T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to tell it now. You can't just you can't just tease us. Uh, Put so them on the they, spot. Um, so Bruce Smith, who's, uh, uh, he used to be on the bills. Um, yeah, we know Bruce Smith all time. Uh, he was all time yeah. NFL sax leader for a while there. He, uh, he's, I believe part owner of, of dirty Buffalo franchise. And, um, yeah, that makes sense. He's from Norfolk. So yeah, yeah. that checks out. Right. So he, um, Jim's good friend owns dirty Buffalo and started dirty Buffalo. They lived together in college. Um, and he's a diehard bills fan. That's hence the reason why they're red, white, and blue, their colors and the Buffalo. Um, but uh, they had me when the Bills made the playoffs, uh, you know, Bills Mafia going through tables. They had me design a shirt for them with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs uh, in the style of the Dudley Boys shirt, like the classic oh, Dudley nice. Boys shirt. It was so, so good. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I'm pretty happy with the way it came out. That's awesome. Yeah, we went to um, the Dirty Buffalo. My my Dirty Buffalo memory is, you know, we went and they have like little arcade games in there. You know, we're waiting for our food and I'm like, you know, gigantic pregnant with Stella and uh, we're waiting for our food. Uh, my father-in-law takes Brett over to the arcade games and, you know, he's like, well, we'll just entertain him while, uh, you know, we're waiting for our food or whatever. And then Brett didn't want to stop playing the game. So kid has like a he's, total he meltdown. He just turned two at this point. Just so. turned two. Yeah. I mean, he just had like a complete and utter meltdown, like had to take the kid outside. So yeah. we're all like trying to rush and eat our food, you know, because Brett's like freaking out outside. It's the um, only time ever I've had to like leave a restaurant with him. Like we just yeah. went to my truck. Oh yeah. Brett is like the out. king. Yeah, Brett is like the king of like, you know, being out in public and like eating in places that the kid loves going yeah. to a restaurant. But yeah, yeah he, he was not ready to, uh, <laughs> to get rid of those oh. arcade games. So yeah, the dirty Buffalo too, people are probably like, get these people out of here. <laughs> you know. All right, so we spent the last uh, 15 minutes or so kind of bagging on some of WWE's recent choices, even though they are kind of on an upswing momentum-wise. Let's get into something that's a little bit more easy to be positive about. Let's talk AEW. Uh, Mike, what were your thoughts on Fighter Fest Night 2? Ah, Fighter Fest Night 2 was, you know, pretty good. I got to say, he had a lot of surprises. 
uh, Nick Gage, you know, uh, with the MGF bringing him out. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a one or done deal, like him versus Jericho, or if he's going to stick around. I think so. I don't, I don't see him leaving, uh, GC or GW. What is it? GCW? GWC? GCW game changer wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see him leaving there anytime soon. I don't think he's a, you know, I don't think he's a good fit for just any other promotion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to, uh, Nick for, uh, Nick's drawing from the casino, uh, Casino Royale. That, there, cool. that, that was a yeah, cool drawing. I posted of him. that today. It, so, like, that's my, uh, you know, not to, you know, pat myself on the back, but um, I was commissioned okay, back Barry in Harlitz. May. <laughs> the, <laughs> the week, the week before um, the Casino Battle Royal, I was commissioned to make that, and it was kind of loosely told that he was going to be an entrant, and uh, and then I never saw the light of day because he never was an entrant in the casino battle Royal. Yeah. Um, and last night when, it, when it, he popped up, I messaged the guy and I was like, Hey, can I share this finally? Hmm. Uh, he was like, yeah, we never got to use it. He's like, Oh shit. Did I forget to pay you? And I was like, no, no, I just want to share it, man. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's really cool. I love it. Yeah. If you haven't been, if you haven't seen it, go to, uh, it's like, it's a playing card design and go to at extra cooler and it's uh, MDK. He's got the pizza cutter, the the bandanas, the whole yeah. nine. It looks, it looks insane. So well done, Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Jericho said he's bringing back the pain maker next week to face him. Yeah. That should be fire right there. You know, yeah, uh, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm curious yeah. to see how it goes. I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how violent it gets. I guess I should say, I don't know. I don't know what, what yeah. AEW, like what their ceiling is for, you know, for violence. Yeah. I mean, after that, that, uh, Archer and Mox match, I mean, yeah, I yeah. was <laughs> throw Gage into that. Yeah. And you got, shoo. That was that was probably the surprise of the night, you know. Um, we we do our fully picks league, and you know, my heart, everything was telling me like, uh, dude, Mox is gonna win this, but something inside me was like, no, you gotta pick, you gotta pick Lance Archer, dude. Like it's his it's his time. Like there's mm-hmm. if they don't if they don't strike right now with Lance Archer, I feel like it's done for him, you know, because he's yeah. he's had some amazing matches and some amazing moments in in AEW, but he's never had like that moment yet, you know. And he's so mage that I just feel like this was the time, and sure enough. You know, he he got his moment to go over Mox, which is a big freaking deal. I mean, Mox has had that title what like, like, like two, two years, years. Two year, yeah. 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 So he had a little bit of a break there where he had to forfeit it because of injury, but then he got it back, uh, and, and that's when Archer had it. Lance Archer was like the interim U.S. champ, and then uh, yeah. Mox actually beat him for it. So yeah, pretty wild. And then we saw uh, Haku slash Ming's son. Uh, how, how do you say his name? It's like uh, Kiwilu or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was trying to say Hi, earlier. Leo. Yeah, <laughs> I, we were watching it on mute because we were filming an uh, episode of uh, of Unboxing Mania while we were watching it. It's like Haiku Leo. So and him and Lance Archer are going at it next week on Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, for the belt, uh, Marco. How much of an upgrade is it for Andrade to be going with Chavo now instead of Vicky? What do you think of oh, that whole segment? Oh my God! Yeah, actually, uh, here's a funny thing. Uh, one of my I was at one of my friends' house and we were talking about this. And uh, he thought it was a good idea to have uh, Vicky Guerrero as as a, like the mouthpiece for Andrade, and I was like, "That I was like, no, I was like, that's 
He was like, he was like, why? She was like, it's, it's Vicky Guerrero. I'm like, like that's exactly why. You don't have to say anymore. She brought like, him down. She brought him down like five yeah. pegs, dude. Like, like it was. It, she had the go home heat, and I was like, dude, Andrade deserves so much better. Yeah, I mean, ex- no shade exactly. to Vicky. We know what to expect from her, right? Like we know yeah. what her. She's, she's cool in the mid card, but she no. does not have any type of main event presentation whatsoever. No, no, no. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, and it's not even that. It's it's she's not she she to me she's seen as like comedy. Right? Exactly. Like she's yeah. seen as like a like like a you know like like a filler mm-hmm. almost throwing in the mud pit or something. Yeah, exactly. you know, but that's the yeah. exact image I have in my yeah. head. It's like Vicky Guerrero covered in mud. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You don't you don't put her with Andrade, who's a serious heel and a serious contender for the uh, for the championship. Yeah, uh, for any championship, not even just that one. Chavo's so, like, gonna have to heat it up a little bit, though. I felt like he was playing a little bit too babyface um, for for Andrade. I, I feel mean, like he, he needs to. I he think needs he's to. Just, he's sneaking up on him, man. You know, it's uh, it's it's, it's, it's a yeah, family. You, know, you can yeah, you yeah. can walk down and kill one, or you, you can run down and kill one, or walk down and kill them all. You know, Chavo's just yeah. slow playing it. He's gonna be. I think he's gonna have like a slow heel turn Why as Andrade works his way up the ranks. That's that's a family motto. You lie, cheat, and steal. So, we'll see. he's gonna he's gonna definitely turn heel at some point. But uh, I think he was trying his best to be uh to be heelish. I think it was just I think he was like caught up in the moment with the fans like being excited that maybe he was we'll get a Chavo too, so. and uh, an Alex Abrahantes uh, match. You know, we could just have like mouthpiece for mouthpiece, and they could just go head to head. Penta says, yeah, Andrade says, Andrade says. <laughs> wish we could have his own music. Ooh, oh. Chavo. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got Fight for the Fallen next week. It works out that there are five matches on the card, and there are five of you guys. So I'm, I'm going to give a match to each of you guys to predict. So, uh, Mike, we'll start with you. The IWGP U.S. Championships on the line again. Lance Archer, brand-new champ, is going to be defending against Hiku Liu again. Apologies if we're if I'm butchering that name. But <laughs> you definitely, you definitely. Yeah, that's why, yeah. yeah, son of Haku, we'll call yeah, him that. Went up against Lance. It, it, real quick sidebar. Let's take a quick poll because I listened to Turnbuckle Tavern today. Shout out to them. Check them out. Great podcast. They were calling it the son of Ming. Like, do you guys call him Haku or do you call him Ming? To oh, me, Haku. he's always been Haku. 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 Yeah. Haku. Exactly, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what they were talking about. Both the both Chad and Steed were like, "Yeah, I call him Ming." I'm like, "No way, dude. He is Haku all the way." Maybe they don't have anyway. the rights to Haku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So the Murder Hawks can be defending against uh, Son of Haku. Mike, what's your pick? Yeah, I got to go with Archer there, man. Uh, I don't don't see him losing after that big win. So simple yeah. as that. Yeah, agree. agree. The only thing I could think is maybe. Um, you know, AEW, if New Japan's trying to get the belt back on like one of their guys, and AEW wasn't cool with Mox losing to this guy, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. potential upset, that but yeah, it doesn't seem doesn't seem like Lance Archer is uh is going to drop the strap. After, Way to break kayfabe there, Seth. Hey, sorry, I'm man. proud of you. Sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I all think, right, Nick. I think that go belt's going back to Japan, man. Yeah, it, just, it seems kind of weird that this dude just popped up out of nowhere, and they presented him like <laughs> such a big deal. You know what I mean? They were like, "Okay, we got to make this guy look like a badass." When I'd never even actually heard of him before, I'd heard of I've heard of Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, but not this guy. I didn't even know Haku had a third son, so maybe that's shame on me. But um, huh. yeah, it's going to be on AEW next week, so we'll see what he can do. Um, Nick, you got the next one. This is the ten man uh, tag match. It's going to be under Survivor Series rules. You got the elite going up against Hangman and the Dark Order. If the Dark Order wins, then Adam Page and the Dark Order get shots at the AEW Championship and the AEW Tag Team Championship. If they lose, they can no longer challenge for those titles. So 
Um, a little bit of forecasting there with that stipulation. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, man? How yeah. you this one? I mean, uh, it's got to be Hangman and, and Dark Order, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think you know, so. How is it not? Um, especially because to me, Hangman is probably the most realistic person to uh, maybe take take a belt off of uh, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but at least story-wise, it's there's no way they're going to lose that. For sure. Yeah, agreed. Um, Matt, you got, I think you got the easiest one of the night, man. We got Christian and the Jurassic Express going up against the Hardy family office. This is going to be Angelico and <laughs> Private Party, accompanied by Matt Hardy. Oh, man. You, uh, of course, you're going to have to go Christian and, and, uh, and the Jurassic Express, man. They're, they're on such a roll, but I, I'm really struggling to get into this Matt Hardy and Christian feud. I don't know if I'm alone. I don't know if I'm going to get beat up for that one, but uh, I'm just, with you. I can't, yeah, you're I can't get involved. I haven't, I, I haven't been into anything Matt Hardy's done in a very long time. Well, I just, yeah. I can't, I can't you know get what it with is? it. Yeah, dude, it's, they're trying to like capitalize off of their history in the WWE, and they can't say that. That's the thing. Like, you hear, yeah, like, they can't show anything. They was going, like, no, they've, they've been feuding for 20 years. It's like, where can you actually yeah. say the name? Well, just, and, just say WWE. Exactly. <laughs> and can we can we both admit that these are both the B rolls? I mean, Jeff yeah. and Edge yeah. are really the the stars not, of, the, yeah, of, of that feud. Exactly. I'm just no, saying. I'm just saying. You're trying to recreate. You're trying to She's, recreate the magic <laughs> with the uh, you know with the sidekicks. You can't put Robin versus Robin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's totally. Like, it's totally. Marty Janetti versus Bo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Not that yeah. bad. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> one, one thing to keep an eye on, it was really subtle last week. I don't know if you guys noticed it. When uh, Luchasaurus lifted Christian up on his shoulders, it was it was real quick. But Jungle Boy kind of gave a look like, what the hell is going on here? You know, he had like the macho man looking at uh, Hulk and Miss Elizabeth look there for a second. Looked a little bit <laughs> oh. jealous. So I could totally oh, see that being a uh, being a match for all out. You know, well, you yeah. Doing, doing what do you think? How do you think Luchasaurus was Luchasaurus was looking when Jungle or when um, Jungle Boy was like all hugged up on Anna Jay? He's like, dude, that's our gimmick, man. Like we're, we're together. Like how are you going to do that? You're going to post this publicly and everybody's going to praise you? Yeah, he's trying, he's trying to get his revenge, dude. I could see him building to uh, Jungle Boy and Christian for a match at All Out. That could be a hell of a way to kind of just elevate Jungle Boy even more if he can get the win over yeah, the, I'd be uh, here for it. the KG veteran. But yeah, I, I don't see any way that these guys lose to, to these clowns in the Hardy family office. Uh, Marco, it's on you, man. Santana oh, man. and Ortiz against FTR. This has got to be one of the most anticipated uh, non-championship tag team matches we've had in a long time. How do you see this one playing out? Oh boy, um, I think it's I think it's time to give uh, Santana and Tisa just due. So I think they're taking the win on this one. Um, I've, I, we haven't seen them in either one of those teams in action in a while, right? Or is this another? <laughs> is this another uh, Marco moment? they both been they've been tied up just doing the. Uh, the pinnacle versus inner circle stuff. Yeah. They've been in various combinations, yeah. you know, different six man tags. And obviously yeah. they had the blood and guts and stadium stampede. But yeah, this is uh, I can't remember the last time that we've seen these guys in just a straight up tag match. And yeah, they, so, they've never had a match against each other in a straight up tag no, match. So nope, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're right about that. I think, uh, I mean, they, and you know, the pinnacle won that last six man tag. Um, so I th- I, I'm thinking there, I'm thinking Santana Ortiz, Proud and powerful is uh, coming out on top of this one. Yeah, that's they, what I'm they're due. They're due to be put in the forefront of the uh, the tag division. There. Yeah, I think they win this match, and then we see them uh, end up turning towards the the Bucks for all out. That'd be a hell of a yeah. match. Oh uh, man, for the pay per view. 
All right, Sheen, we saved the best for last. This All is the right. no rules match. God only knows how much blood is going to be shed. Second labor of Jericho, uh, Y2J, the pain maker, Chris Jericho, going up against Nick fucking Gage. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly, I think Jericho is going to win this. He's bringing, he's bringing the pain maker gimmick. I think, you know, if, if he loses in the second labor, I mean, what's the point of having the seven... Or is it seven labors? Is that what the five labors? Five, five labors. labors, yeah, the yes. five labors of uh, of Jericho. So, I think it's going to be a hell of a match. Crazy. I'm excited to see, like, like I said, how far they push the boundaries. But I gotta go with I gotta go with Jericho on this one. Yeah, I think so too. Does anybody see any scenario in which Nick Gage somehow wins this thing? No, Mm-mm. I no. do. I do see him definitely brutalizing Jericho in some way. I, Will we see I, a light tube? We will yes. see a light tube, and we'll yes. see a pizza cutter. I believe. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, Nick Gage is getting his shit in, man. They're no, he's definitely doing the pizza cutter because <laughs> if they get if 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 Mox and Murderhawk are going to stab each other with forks, I think we're going to see a uh, pizza cutter be sliced. Why you got to use the pizza cutter though, dude? I just, uh, dude, I, it's going to ruin. I love pizza. I love pizza with my whole heart, <laughs> and I love I love to like Who slice doesn't? it. It's so satisfying. And now I'm just going to like think about as I'm slicing well, my beautiful pizza, like somebody's well, forehead under there. Yes. Yeah, no. Not even that. It might he might be his mouth like uh, he did with Mox uh, when they were in the Indies where he put it across his uh, the corners of his mouth and just yanked it across and cut those so, up. So yeah, someone needs to be. explain the appeal to me because we were at um, what was it two years ago, Matt, when we did uh, Ted shout out wrestling for sales pop up event in, in the city right before WrestleMania, and there were there was another vendor there, and they were telling us about a show that they went to the night before. And they were telling us about all this crazy stuff that these guys were doing. And <laughs> I can remember like Jim getting like knee deep with these guys. And they were telling him how like people in the crowd were like throwing up. It was so disgusting what they were doing <sighs> in the matches. Like, I, mean, I don't I don't get the appeal. I don't know. Maybe it's that, just I'm a, elementary. I'm not, it's not for me. <laughs> I'm a death math, death match carnosaur. I mean, growing up in the <laughs> 90s and watching like the uh, the king of the death match tournament with uh, with Mick Foley. And I, I actually have the. Uh, the DVD still the whole tournament. Oh, oh wow! Uh, see, I Japan, love. So like, see, I love. A, I love a good hardcore match. Like I'm here for that. Yes. I, I feel like that's like the that's like well, the that's extent of my interest is like you know I, I love some good barbed wire. I love some thumbtacks. You know, barbed wire covered objects. Um, those are my jam. But when it comes to just like just sheer like yeah. torture light porn, tubes. like I cannot get down I mean, with it. Like it's, it's, like it's, sticking people in their jugular with light tubes and like you know flinging people onto like you know boards covered in nails and shit. Like I cannot you know, like, deal with that. Like I don't see the appeal. Um, it's it's not it's not for me. You know, like staple guns or anything like that either. Like stabbing. <laughs> I mean, a staple gun. So um. It, it really depends because there's there's things that WWE have done that are like, you know, PG that I've still been like, that's not for me. Do you guys remember when um, I, Randy Orton stuck some sort of foreign object? Maybe it was a kendo was a stick or something. Through, a screwdriver. Uh, through Jeff Hardy's, through Jeff Hardy's uh, ear hole. And I, ear I, I, hole, I still I mean, remember that. Like his gauged ear hole. And I was just yeah, like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm, I'm not going any further. Oh, but, like, just watch Batista. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that kind of stuff. I'm like, I've watched New Jack live, so I mean, I can't <laughs> no. do anything. Him and, him and ne- Necro Butcher just bleeding all over the place. When I was watching the was the Nick uh, the Dark Side of the Ring, I was just like, literally. And you guys, I, I love horror and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, I'm like a scary movie aficionado. I was like watching through my fingers, like they were weaved over my eyes. Like, oh god, don't look. You know, <laughs> the. Uh, 
I'm not a fan of the deathmatch wrestling, but I love Nick Gage, man. If you guys haven't, anybody listening out there, if you haven't watched the Dark Side of the Ring episode on him yet, go watch it. He's just, he's got the one thing that you can't buy, you can't manufacture or anything. It's authenticity. He just seems like just such a real ass dude. Well, yeah. Um, And I think if, again, I don't see him being, you know, all elite um, or anything like that, but. I think he has the potential if they wanted to. You can make him one of the biggest baby faces in the wrestling industry. All on Mick Foley. You know, I see him like a, a 98, 99 style Mick Foley baby face. Somebody that just, you know, is going to get the shit beat out of him every night, but keep coming back for more. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how they play this. Cause I, like, again, I feel like he's, he's obviously he's teaming with MJF. Who's, one of the best heels in the business right now, but I feel like Nick Gage is such a natural baby face. So. But MJF doesn't, but the thing about MJF is he doesn't care about anybody. He's going to use whatever. And like, if, if Nick loses, he'll be on to the next. It's not like they're yeah, like exactly. best buddies or whatever. Like MJF yeah. will just be like, Oh, you're garbage. Like, you know, I knew you were a freaking joke. I knew you were, you know, <laughs> you go back to where you belong. Like I can just totally yeah. see MJF just completely burying him. Um, real yeah, quick on Nick Gage. He did I a, see him end up attacking MJF. I think that would be excellent. That man. would be I awesome. I, I would be yeah. here. Yeah. I would Wednesday be here night. for that. Well, but I was going to say, he did, a, he did a good interview with Sam Roberts, too. So if you haven't heard Nick Gage's uh, interview on the yeah, you know, Not Sam really Wrestling good. podcast, it's, it's really Hearing good, Hearing Sam talk, try to talk prison talk <laughs> with Nick Gage, yeah. the price of admission <laughs> also, was, man. It like, was the most. It was so awkward. Because, again, it, it's not, I can do it either. I would have sounded exactly the same as Sam did. Like, I've never even... <laughs> I've never had anything past a minor speeding ticket, but Nick or Sam Roberts was trying to like relate to him about what it was like going to jail and stuff. <laughs> He's and like, like, "Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get out, you're gonna get out of that bed, or something bad's gonna happen." <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I think uh, I think we might see an appearance from uh, from from the one Matt Cardona too, because um, I I think MJF said he couldn't. That there was no interference from the um, inner circle, right? Or right. or the match was like disqualified, but yeah. he didn't say anyone else. And where like Cardona actually has a, I think it's uh actually this weekend. It's this Saturday, uh, yeah. Saturday, yeah, so night Saturday. Fighting at Game Changer Wrestling Homecoming. It's available. Yeah, so on I could, Yeah, so I could see Cardona actually interfering in the in that match on Wednesday too, and helping Jericho win if it gets to because I think it's just he's just going to get brutalized by. Uh, Nick Cage. That's what I think is going to happen. And someone's gonna yeah. Come there's there's him. absolutely no way um, that Matt Cardona is <laughs> winning that match. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> oh let my gosh. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. If you, if this is the second labor of Jericho, what do you think is in store yeah. for the third, fourth, <laughs> yeah, and fifth yeah. labor? Oh, I don't know. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't even thought that far ahead, but yeah, if you're, if you're bringing out Nick Gage for number two, yeah, exactly. you're going to have to have, you're going to have to have a pretty tall order. Right. To, uh, Foley. Yeah. Hey, Nick Foley's coming back. Yeah. Uh, all right, CM let's Punk. move on. Uh, yeah, CM Punk. There we go. Perfect segue to our final segment. Um, again, the the dirt sheets have been on fire this week. It started off with rumors of CM Punk um, being in negotiations with AEW, and then somehow in the midst of that, it ended up coming that Daniel Bryan has officially signed with him. We still haven't seen that confirmed anywhere, like a hundred million percent. Obviously, Uncle Dave Meltzer hasn't said anything yet, but. There are uh, numerous sources saying that it's a done deal, and Daniel Bryan, or as he's more likely to be called going forward, Bryan Danielson, is going to AEW. Um, Nick, I'll start with you, man. Do you think this is really going to happen? Are we going to see Daniel Bryan or CM Punk or both in AEW this year? Man, I don't, I don't know. You, I've thought about this the last few, you know, the day or two that we've had to digest it all, and 
you think about Daniel Bryan in WWE, like what else does the guy have to accomplish in WWE? I, I don't even know what else there is for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's put everybody over in his recent run. Um, so I could see him going to AEW, especially cause I think the rumor is he wants to work in uh, new Japan, Yeah. but, uh, punk, I don't know. He, I could see him showing up just as an F you to Vince. Um, uh, I don't know. I think we're going to get one. Yeah. Maybe. I I, I don't know. I, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. I'm going to ask all of you guys, because I feel like a lot of you guys are in the same boat as us, but I really want to know your true and honest opinion, because I know the wider wrestling universe is going to be like, yeah, CM Punk to AW. But I want to know, like, <laughs> if, are you guys really excited? If it's true, like, are, do you really care about CM Punk going to AEW? No. Do you feel like no. you're like, you know, no. oh man, this is no. great. Because I I mean, I'll be really transparent here. I could not care less yeah. if I see CM Punk wrestle again. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, do, it doesn't no. nothing for me. And, and honestly, like to also, if he comes out in AEW, yes, they've had good pops so far, but yeah. like mm-hmm. part of that transition going back to like the, the Christian and Matt Hardy stuff, they can't touch on any of that WWE stuff. So like, yeah. if he doesn't come out to cult of personality anywhere, I think that's going to be a shock yeah. to people and you're yep. not going to get the pop. Look at Andrade, how, how he came out to no music. And I know he said he didn't want to come out to music, <laughs> Yeah, but it's just, I, I don't know. There's so many things. And the fact that he's been gone for so long, just, I don't know. Stay out of it, man. I don't exactly. Know. At this yeah. point, I feel like the, sta- the statute of limitations is gone. Like I feel like, yes. you know, be- and I think because he's teased it so much, it's not like a, a person like Edge, you know, that was kind of like taken out uh, due to injury. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of at the top of his game and all that kind of stuff. I feel like, like CM Punk has tried to be such a troll for so long that like I'm just over it. Like I don't care yep. anymore. And and the fans with the CM Punk chants and all of that, I feel like that's really worn on me too. Where I'm just like are you guys like, seriously, you're trying to ruin this perfectly good match with a CM Punk chant. Like get the F out of here. You know, I'm on the other side of the fence on this one. I think that if they can pull this off and there's no doubt in my mind that Tony Khan puts up the money to have cult of personality hit that the entire roof is going to blow off of whatever city they're in. And this is something that legitimately, puts AEW on the map and all of the casual fans that have checked out over the last few years are going to come flocking to AEW in my personal opinion. And I think that it's something that they need to walk that fine line between good and bad and what's going to actually be entertaining and what's going to be just cheesy and here for Mm -hmm. a paycheck. But at the same time, I think that this has major potential to be a, a channel changer, a dial turner, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Matt, let me ask you this. Since you're the one most excited for a potential CM Punk return, um, do you have it as a surprise at all out? Or do you bring him back a couple weeks prior and, uh, and actually book his return match for, for all out there in Chicago, his hometown? Hmm. Oh man. I, I feel like the surprise, <laughs> yeah, make it a surprise. Yeah. I feel like the surprise in Chicago is just next level and you've you've got yeah, to do it. I agree. It'd be a great I agree. Got to be a surprise. Yeah. And it's got to be and it only makes sense that they would do it in Chicago. You know, that right. would be that would be the, that would be the perfect place. Again, I agree with you. I have no doubt in my mind that the pop would be insane. I would probably like, you know, pop initially like holy crap, like it really yeah. happened, you know. Um but I think after the dust settled, I'd be like, "Eh, you know, that's just what like I'm whatever, with that you fine know." Line. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to make it entertaining after the pop is over. And exactly. you're going to get the, yep. the pop of all pops. And maybe it's now the, <laughs> the CM you, Punk You pop already know. The- I mean, wrestling fans are so fickle that if CM Punk doesn't come back in the way that they want him to, right. saying the things that they want him to say and doing the things that they want him to do, they're going to turn on him, you know. Right. And Can just they like- even call him CM Punk? Oh, well, yeah. that's Absolutely. yeah. That's, he had the, he had yeah. that name before he went yeah, to that's WWE. That's, true. Yeah, that's yeah, what right. he wrestled as in, uh, or wrestled as. That's what he uh, competed as in uh, UFC. Also with CM Punk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see it uh, all out. I want to hear Cult of Personality hit, and then MJF walk out. Oh, yes. I don't know if you make it out alive, man. Of. I think people, I think people would jump the railing and try to attack him. Man, it's already happened, so probably happen again. Uh, if they end up getting CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, Marco, I'll kick it to you, man. Is, is that, at that point, should WWE actually start to get worried about these guys? Because to me, it still doesn't feel like they really view AEW as competition. Um, yes, I'm going to say yes. I'm not sure how many everyone else here right now is going to say yes, but I think they definitely should, especially after the um, Andrade and Alistair Black letting them two go. Um, and, the, and obviously, uh, you know, they weren't, they weren't, you know, born and bred in the WWE. Um, Alistair Black and Andrade. They had, they had, you know, matches before they even entered oh, yeah. into WWE, and that's where they got their their fame from. Same thing as CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Um, Daniel Bryan wasn't a homegrown WWE guy. He was famous before he got in, and that's why he was famous within WWE because he was like kind of one of the first, or you know, after CM Punk, like. The like one of the true indie darlings that made it to the main stage, and that's why he had that like you know that huge fanfare behind him. Um, so I definitely think they should be worried if both of them do come back, because um, I know legit. I mean, most wrestling fans want to see CM Punk back. Um, I know we're on here saying like, yeah, we don't really care, but I think the majority of people definitely want to see CM Punk back in some form or fashion. Um, and if Daniel Bryan definitely shows up too, yeah, I think they. They should be worried. Um, if, they should you know, be worried, but I don't think Vin, honestly. I think Vince loves this. I think he yes. secretly like yeah, wants, want, like likes this competition. competition. I don't think he. I don't think he's like viewing it as like you know. Oh God, they're on they're on our tail. I think no. he uses that as like fuel. Like that's that's what keeps. Yeah. That's why he's still alive. That's why he's but, like a hundred years old and still going because that's yeah. what fuels his soul. Is this you know competition and you know just the the thrill of trying to be on top you know i think i think he i think he secretly loves it and i think when people like that appear he's like all right well you know let's see what we can do i think yeah you know if if it brings out better product in in wwe if both of those guys sign which i i only hope they both sign just for that fact that it actually brings out more because now you have now you have kind of like the the four like main like indie guys it, on AEW that were in WWE of Alistair Black, Andrade, CM Punk, and Daniel Bryan, like all four of those guys in a matter of like like months yeah. jump ship that you, you have to like push the panic bu- button on some, you know, some form of fashion and, you know, get things Bring moving. Bring back Slapjack. You, Goldberg's, <laughs> I mean, Goldberg's not going to cut it. I mean, you know, have we seen any, have we seen any AEW yeah. guys come over to WWE? We're going on two years since AEW started. I don't think there's been nope. anybody that's jumped back nope. across. So, you know, yeah. Here's here's my my take on it, um, and I realized this when I was watching last night's episode um, of AEW. It, they're both such different companies, and what right. made me realize it was when I was looking into the crowd at AEW, 
I would say that crowd is about 95% all dudes. There's no kids in the yeah. crowd. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's totally cool. I'm totally fine with that. Um, I, I think there's people like the AEW fans who are like WCW fans that feel like a, a little hurt that, uh, they lost the war or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're <laughs> out there trying to create this competition, if you will. And it, in a way, like it, it doesn't really have to be a competition. Like you no. can have two different wrestling shows and yeah, like, you definitely both. can, you know, it's like, it's like music. Like you could like rock music and rap music. Uh, yes. they're two totally different styles of music and you can like both. Um, so I don't know I, something about like, while I was watching yesterday and I looked out into the crowd and I was looking at everybody in that AEW crowd and I'm like, wow, it's all guys. When you look at a WWE crowd, it's, it's like you see a lot of kids, you see a lot of like, you know, families. And, and we've seen that when we go to the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's I don't just think I think WWE is so mainstream, though. I yes. feel like you feel you feel comfortable taking your kid to a WWE show because it's like, again, it's mainstream. It's been on television. Like, I feel like a lot of people like AEW is kind of like the fight club, you know, <laughs> like you yes. don't really you don't really know what to expect from, you know, from the fight club. But WWE, like, you know, you see their action figures in the store. You see the John Cena shirts hanging, you know, and all the things. So I feel like it feels like a more family friendly atmosphere. Yes. Not to say that. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, AEW is not really doing anything that I would be like, oh, this is so offensive, you know. But right. I feel like I feel like people just feel like oh. they feel that sense of like comfort, um, you know, with with WWE that they can, you know take their kids and stuff yeah all right so that does it for our inside the squared circle segment this week and we are also going to bid farewell to extra cooler uh nick remind the listeners where they can find you guys show oh man anywhere you get podcasts uh apple spotify uh google i don't know is anybody out there listening to google podcasts i don't know somebody <laughs> um, there yeah, is definitely can, somebody yeah you can follow uh me on instagram at extra cooler you can follow us on twitter at extra cooler show matt is over on instagram as well um mike is too uh you know follow us uh, i'm posting artwork we're talking about wrestling uh our podcast is it's fun, I think. Um, I have a blast. We oh, laugh our so asses off. Yeah, I love Absolutely. your guys' show. Plug your plug your SummerSlam event that you guys have coming up. Uh, there's something yes. going on in yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, so uh, I, I, uh, I won't be there in Vegas, but I'm going to be sending some artwork down to uh, Ted at Wrestling for Sale. Uh, he's doing a, the show. Yes, yeah. a pop-up event. Um, hold on, I'm going to pull up the details because I don't have it. Uh, he is doing one. And it's actually going to be the day before, which I think SummerSlam on a Saturday is pretty awesome. I love um, it. Uh, so it is a, a cheap heat and wrestling for sale. The location is at Talgate, Tailgate Social at the uh, Palace Station Hotel, Saturday, August 21st. And it's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. There's so many cool people that are going to be there. Uh if you are in the area, Matt, you can uh, attest to this. Go to one of these pop-up events because it is better than the actual event. Yes, I just said that. <laughs> you also don't know yeah, who's going to show up. There's always yeah. somebody that's going to pop in that door and you're going to exactly. pop because they and walked with, in. With Rosenberg, you never know who he's going to bring in. I mean, you know, he, he's got pool, he's got oh, strings yeah. everywhere. You know, Bret Hart, uh, you, you never know who could just like, yeah. absolutely show up at uh, at the heat and greet. So if you're a cheap heat fan, uh, you know, Stat Guy Greg, uh, Rosenberg, and Dip are all going to be there. 
they're doing a heat and greet. I'm so sad that I'm going to be missing this event. I've always wanted to go to a heat and greet, but yeah, our guy, um, violent, uh, oh my gosh, I, Violent, Violent Miracle. Miracle, yes. Violent Miracle in ring art at in ring art. Uh, Extra Cooler is obviously going to have his artwork there, wrestling for sale, and then M's Boys. Uh, so check it out. You can, you know, I posted about it a while back, and it's on Extra Cooler's feed as well. So, yeah, make sure to check that out. Yeah, thank you. And uh, you know, I I said this on our podcast, and I'm throwing you guys a bit of a curveball. Um, I said this on our podcast last week uh, because on Twitter I kind of announced that I. I, uh, I signed a piece of paper that allows me to do some official uh, WWE merchandise or it's yeah. not through WWE. Um, thanks to you guys, it's through Chalkline. So I can say that. Hell um, yeah. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> One of halfway our original through. sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm about halfway through the piece and uh, I can't say what it is. The only thing I've been teasing is that there are uh, some, some killer anniversaries coming up. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I am thank so you guys. Oh my gosh, you are so welcome. I mean, we cannot put you over enough. So we, I'm so excited that um, you finally got to to do work with Chalkline. It's long overdue, well deserved. Thank um, you. you know, uh, Extra Cooler did most of the logos, all but one, I think, all the logos yes. on our on our Chalkline shorts release. So I was like, you know what? By God, we're gonna get Nick's, <laughs> Nick's work on some damn Chalkline if it kills me. So the and fact we're trying that- to get, uh, we're trying to talk Marco into getting uh, the Mad Reaper to to commission a uh, a custom figure of him with a uh, you know using Kevin Owens as like the base figure yeah. and, and putting the Chick Foley Show shorts in figure form. So <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. love it. That's coming love sometime it. in the next year. Well, yeah, hopefully. So we'll get Extra Cooler's artwork on an action figure. It yeah. will happen. <laughs> Yeah. As the extra cooler advocate over here, I've been privy enough to uh, to see what he's working on, and man, oh man, it's going to be sold out in a moment's notice. So I'm excited for it myself. Well, you know, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely have our hands on it too. We will, we will, <laughs> we will be getting ours as well. So thanks, super guys. excited for that. All right, so yeah, extra cooler show. Thanks again. Uh, if you guys haven't already subscribed to it, I don't know what you're doing, but get subscribed to it right away. And we will have these guys back on the show at some time in the very near future. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. It's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show. For each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Go Figure is where we cover the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling figures and talk about what we've each added to our own personal collections. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your orders at Ringside. And here we go. All right, Marco, take us away with figure news. All right, let's kick it off with some uh, some ringside news. So uh, there's been uh, some some developments happening on that site. Some <laughs> uh, some pre-orders, some some just new a few stocks. Yeah, just a few things. So I'm going to start off with the the Ultimate Edition Series 10 um, is actually now in stock. Um, new in stock at Ringside Collectibles. So definitely head over there. 
that 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 features obviously John Cena and The Rock. Um, uh, if you if you pre-order, obviously you probably got yours during the week, but now they're in stock for you to get within a couple of days. So definitely head over there and uh, do your best due diligence and get those two figures because they are pretty awesome as well. Um, for pre-orders, we have uh, AEW Unrivaled Series Seven right now that features Lance Archer, Nyla Rose, Matt Jackson, Nick Nick Jackson. Uh, the Young Bucks, if you don't know who that is by now. Um, <laughs> in their Lakers gear. Yeah, um, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, um, FTR. Uh, so that rounds out Unrivaled uh, Series 7. You can actually pre-order that right now. And obviously use Code Chick Foley uh, when you do. Uh, that's I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, I, mean, I don't have to tell you that. Um, also, there's another new one stock that popped up um, as well. Uh, series 123. Um is a uh, new in stock right now. So that's Jake Atlas, uh, Dexter Loomis, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, who still has a I figure. Still, I still do not understand how the hell Jake Atlas got a figure before somebody like Cameron Grimes, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think we I mean, spoke how, about that. Yeah. Yeah. How the hell is, is Jake Atlas getting a figure made? I don't, I'm not even hundred <laughs> percent sure. I've seen a Jake Atlas match. I mean, I, I've, I think I've seen him get brutally beaten by Tommaso Ciampa one night. If I'm not mistaken, but I, when he was like, he returned, it was like his second week after his return. I think he had a match with Jake Atlas and he just like completely destroyed him. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the only thing. And not to like, not to knock him at all. He's probably a great wrestler and a great guy, but yeah, the, the mystery <laughs> is. Out there. He's probably a great, <laughs> he's probably a great guy. I mean, he's probably, you know, nice guy, you know, donates and stuff like that. So we won't <laughs> pays his taxes. <laughs> Law abiding citizen. Yeah. Uh, he recycles. Um, <laughs> um, some quick news. So if you uh, pre-ordered, if you were the first to pre-order AEW Unmatched Series 1, um, you should be getting shipping notifications uh, from ringside. So if you're like the first in line to do so, I uh, should definitely uh, see that notification at some point. So take keep a lookout at, at your uh, your email. I think it was like in the I think mine's like mid July, so I should be seeing something pretty soon. So yeah, I'm super stoked at that. Obviously, you know we have the uh, one and only Cody Rhodes, LJN. So on. I mean, no, I'm can't just wait for that to uh, pop. Um, <laughs> continue with some more pre orders. Um, you can actually say it's one pre order, but in multiple form for ringside. So. Uh, so Jushin Thunder Liger um, has three new pre-orders. Uh, I saw. Ring- I was like, as, Marco's bank account is going to be yeah, empty. Eh, insane. As ringside exclusives. <laughs> um, they're all different colors, too. So there's a, a purple Jushin. There's a green one as well as a uh, red one. I, I thought they all had different, like, uh, capes. I mean, the same cape. But they all have different designs on the cape. So it's... You know, it, I mean, they are individually different. It just like the color scheme. It's almost like you can, if you have enough Jushins, you can actually create your own Power Rangers. I think with uh, oh, wow. with all the Jushin Thunder Ligers that are out right now. So I have two of them. I have the actually I have three. I have the uh, the white, the black, and the blue. So I can actually definitely round out a uh, Power Rangers team with Jushin Thunder Ligers. But they are now. Uh, Is there a wide. pink? Is there not a pink? No Jushin pink. I'm assuming that's gonna. Come at some point. It has to. I mean, you can't throw all these colors out and not have pink included. I know. In some way, form, or fashion. But uh, yeah, all three colors are available now on a, a ringside pre-order. So 
Yeah, I'm going to have to hold back on that one. That's uh, it's way, way too tempting. I love those eyes. figures so much, but <laughs> I just I hate it that the scale is off. You know what I mean? And obviously Storm has no obligation to make the scale of their figures yeah. match Mattel and AEW, but the, the Jushin Thunder Liger just looks so, uh, you know, he's just so much bigger than, than he should be compared to those guys, and that's what throws me off on those. But those figures are incredible. If scale is not an issue to you, those are legit some of the best wrestling figures that have ever been made. The stuff that Storm's been cooking out with their uh, their Hulk Hogan and Jushin Liger figures. Yeah, yeah. the articulation is pretty crazy on those as well. You can pretty much do any any pose. And with the uh, the Jushin figures, the cape actually has kind of like a almost like a little like um, like a flexible metal rod in the cape, so you can actually like um, bend the cape in a certain way and like do yeah, it make it look like he's running. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Like figure uh, figure photography would be definitely take advantage of that and all they all have diff- different uh designs and feels to them as well so i mean like i said they're all they're all different colors and they all have different uh capes on them as well so i mean it, if you are a jushin fan like myself you definitely want to pre-order those um so to round off uh ringside we have the rock and sock elite two pack is in stock right now at ringside um obviously you know the rock and sock connection i don't have to explain yeah. Who they are. Hopefully, you know who they are. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, moving on to uh, AEW Unrivaled Series Six is also in stock right now. Um, yeah, and I believe uh, I actually got mine. Like, I think like maybe last end of, end of last week. So yeah, definitely pre-order those. Obviously, use code Chick Foley, save you ten percent off when you do. Hell yeah! And uh, that's it for uh, for the ringside thing. So we'll get into some. Uh, some news, some figure news. So we'll, I want to touch on the uh, the AEW Unmatched series, and this is coming from the desk of a uh, friend of the show, Jeremy Padauer, um, on these on the Unmatched series. So they're going to include a either a Luminary or a LJN figure. Now, I believe the Luminary is going to be like the like a Legends line because they. Um, I think the first one is Sting, Sting right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's in a, it's in a flip flop, it looks like, which is pretty cool. See, so, so in this series, obviously, um, we have the LJ and Cody. So the next one will probably be the sting figure. And then the one after that they announced was the Darby Allen LJN figure. So after that, we don't know, obviously it's going to be a luminary. Um, it'd be pretty cool to get a Jake, the snake luminary in his, uh, in his gear, but I'm not sure what the, you know, right. With the you know contracts look like I want with WWE. Jake from Legends of Wrestling 1999 man in like sweatpants and a t-shirt. Oh, that'd be pretty cool actually. I want Jake from ass. State Farm. <laughs> Jake the Snake from State Farm. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> He's just wearing the State Farm gear. With his yeah, I'm pretty sure. Ha- I'm pretty sure having snakes will make your premium go up. I don't think, that, <laughs> I don't think that's a safe homeowner's investment. You know what I mean? It's not a. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, so we're at the one hour and twenty seven minute mark, and we've officially gone off the rails. Yeah, no, exactly right. <laughs> it's, it's, we, it's, we let it, we let uh, Nick, Matt, and Mike go, and things just hit the hit the fan, dude. Yeah, no, this is it. This the rest of the show is gonna be very interesting to say the least. But uh, so uh, they also so he also said we will expand both luminaries and LGN through exclusive offerings, uh, short term. An expanded retail placement long term. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell that meant. I read that tweet and yeah, I was like, okay, sounds good, man. <laughs> Whatever. So Just I'm assuming give us new things. Yeah, this yeah, dude so speaking in Jedi all of a sudden. Dude. <laughs> I'm assuming. Obviously, I'm not. I don't know the you know the jargon of our retail and stuff. I did work in retail, but 
not with this, but I'm assuming that they're going to do this uh, for a short amount of time. And they uh, expand ex- retail for yeah, long term. It, yeah. So like right <laughs> now with ringside and all that stuff, like you're not going to see these in stores. So they're probably going to be exclusively with ringside right now. So like the luminary, the LJNs, that's the only way you're going to get them. And then yeah. obviously, you know, if it, it if it show, it's shown proof that it's like popular and people are buying these things. They're trying to get more SKUs in yeah, stores. They'll get the more SKUs in stores or not. I mean, who, you know, with LJNs, we'll say, for example, like you walk into a store, chances are a kid's not going to know what an LJN is. Um, that's, that's, you know, but we're going to know, know the vintage, is. the vintage figures are coming back. I mean, we literally yeah. have an entire collection of like Kenner classics for the Ghostbusters. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like, you know, v- vintage is in. Yeah. So like this, so I'm, I'm thinking this, like, you know, like through exclusive offerings means like obviously through ringside mm-hmm. It maybe like, you know, um, shop AEW might do something like that as well. Uh, cause they, they sell some of the, um, AEW figures on, on that site yeah. too. So start off with that, see what the numbers look like, and then you know expand it to retail. I mean, which really, I'm assuming it's really not going to matter if they don't get their d- 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 distribution on point. Because <laughs> I, I I still never. I mean, I go you know to Walmart and check figures and stuff all the time. I still never, hardly ever mm-hmm. see AEW figures. Very rare. Yeah. I mean, the only the only AEW skew that I even see is like the ring occasionally and the the title belt. Like that's the only products that I ever see from I, AEW. Rio was a I was see there Rio. for a while at that yeah. one Target over in Virginia Beach, and then I saw Cody and I, one of the young bucks sat for a little bit at the Walmart that's right over here by our house. But it's very few and far between. You actually see uh, AEW figures on the pegs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen Rio and the Young Bucks at one of my targets, and that was pretty much it. But um, I'm, I'm assuming because, you know, holiday season's right around the corner. I, I hate to say it, but, you know, in retail right now, they're probably yeah. throwing up Seriously, Christmas it's stuff in July, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, they do have the Christmas in July sale going on at ringside as well. So they're kind of playing into that, too. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, hopefully that would be pretty cool to walk into, like, a Walmart or a Target and see some some LJNs hanging. Yeah. Um, to purchase, cool. especially Cody ones. Who doesn't want a, uh, oh my a God. Cody LJN? I know what you're no. getting for Christmas, Marco. A bunch of Cody LJNs. Yeah, I'm just going to send variations. you every Cody LJN that I find. <laughs> you're going to get a Cody-shaped piece of coal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a coldie. A coldie. Uh, that's hilarious. Coldie Rhodes. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus man. Christ. <laughs> I found that funny. So I knew. See, Marco gets me. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> if I can continue this. All right. So we have uh, some news from a uh, zombie sailor. Um, he he signed yes. some two Ain't new. It great. Yeah, two new. Uh, we we actually have a president. He signed a president to the uh, heels and faces. First time thing. ever getting arrested. Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe the first. Is it the first president getting a figure? I feel well, it's like the him. first ever. It's this particular guy. It's uh, his first yes. ever figure. Uh, so, President Jack Tunney of the uh, World Wrestling Federation uh, is getting a uh, a heels and faces figure, which is pretty awesome. Um, he worked with the estate of uh, Jack Tunney and um, made it happen. So that's that's coming out at some point. Uh, but I don't think they said what series. Um, this next one, they said what series is going to be in Raven. Raven is also a part of the. He doesn't face his eye, and I believe it's going to be Series 2. Um, it's his first figure in a very long time. Yeah, so two awesome signings. I mean, I, 
it's looking like the Hales and Faces line is in it for the long haul. Um, and I mean, I don't want to create any, you know, war between factions and stuff, but it looks like he's going to war with a, with a, with a bigger corporation that's, uh, bringing, bringing retros back. I'm saying so, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm here well, i'm here for all of it that's the thing like it's just like you know it's cool I'm, I'm here for zombie doing his thing and getting all these you know unique talents and then i'm here for for wwe re-releasing the mattel retro or yeah. you know mattel retros don't sleep on cella either cella's doing cella yeah Chella's i totally forgot about well. cella yeah i just like it because uh you get you, you're gonna get every figure you ever wanted because there's gonna be some somebody you know, mattel can't it. do mm-hmm. that that uh zst can do and so that ZST can't do that, Cello will do. So, so you're gonna get everything. It's just such a it's such a blessing in disguise. You know, we yeah. were all so upset and like you know heartbroken when the retros went on the shelf and just kind of like went into hiatus. You know, as as they said. But I think it just like created this feverish demand, which really yeah. opened, which really opened up. I think the toy creators out there were like, "Well, I mean, if Mattel's not going to make these things, like you know, we need to start pumping these things out because people want this type of figure." And then ultimately, you know, the the fever pitch got Mattel back on board, so it was like yeah. a win, 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 win. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I'm going to give uh, <laughs> I'm going to give uh, ZST that you, you know they him and you know, they in Cello Toys they took that torch the retro mm-hmm. uh, torch and just ran with it during that whole like period of not having, you know, any sign of any retros coming back at I all. I mean, I can, I cannot, I mean, I, I have no way of knowing this for sure, but I'm confident that that definitely played into oh, no. the, the, uh, Mattel's decision to re, 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 reignite the well, retro series. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I mean, they, they sound some big names, man. Like it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, they're not like, you know, I mean, for us, they're big names and they're, they're probably like, you know, Mattel would have loved to make it like a Jack Tunney or, mm-hmm. you know, um, a Jeff Jarrett, you know, bring that back. But like, I think like having those, like those big signings, yeah, definitely, you know, you know, they're probably just like, God oh, damn, but we got to bring it back. We got to, we got to have some type of like, you know, competitive edge. But like I said, we all win because we're all going to get all the figures that we've ever wanted because they're all not going to be able to make certain figures that the other exactly. person's going to be able to make. So. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time for any uh, retro collectors out there. Um, but we'll continue with ZST in the orange card, Jeff Jarrett. Yes. That's uh, coming out, yes. 25 I'm years so high for this. in the making. Uh, so as an update for pre-order, so uh, starting Wednesday, July 28th, 8.30 p.m. EST. Uh, it's open to all, everybody, anybody can pre-order it, you know. It's all hands on deck. If you're there, go to zombiesailor.com, 8.30 on the dot. Um, I mean, I think we've all pre-ordered the uh, first set, and I, yes, it was sir. flawless. It was perfect. No no issues, no lagging, nothing. Yeah, it was very In smooth process. Smooth process. So, yeah, definitely. I'm not sure about this one. This is a, a high-in-demand figure uh, for a very long time. There's a lot of people that definitely want it. Can't speak for this one. In the making, yeah. So uh, no one, no one's ZST. I'm assuming it's definitely going to go smooth the same way as as well. So, well, uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there that goes to pre-order the uh, orange card, Jeff Jarrett. Um, but uh, last but not least, uh, Super Seven uh, made to order Ultimates. Their uh, Ultimate um, Monster Rusimov. Is, is coming out. You may not know who Very that is, cool but figure. I'm going to give you the name. It's uh, Andre the Giant. It was his look from the 
International Wrestling Enterprise, the IEW, um, and the third annual International Wrestling Association, IWA, uh, World Series in 1971 uh, that they held in Japan. So it says, look, Renee has a robe. Um, if you if you, if you have the other Andre the Giant uh, Super 7, it's pretty similar, multiple heads, um, uh, always accessories with it. Um, this one actually looks pretty cool. I'm not sure if you guys got to see the, the pictures of this. Did you... Yeah, it's a, a very cool figure. Yeah. I just, uh, I've already got so many. I, I feel like I already got all the Andres that I need, though, but yeah. it is a very cool looking figure. And yeah. Super 7 stuff is always high quality. Yeah, I do have their first one um, with the, it comes with like the beer, the beer can and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so these those ones are now shipping. So if you did pre order it, they are um, going to head to your doorstep at some point. Um, that's pretty much it for, uh, for figure news. Sweet. Yeah, we are recording. Um, literally about 12 13 hours ahead of the uh the san diego comic-con wwe elite squad panel so mm-hmm. uh, we're still kind of kicking it around stay tuned over the weekend we may have some some new video content up on youtube breaking it down or we may just wait for all the dust to settle and cover all the comic-con news on next week's episode but um yeah make sure everybody stay tuned over the weekend because there's going to be a ton of new figure reveals uh, within about 24 hours of us releasing this episode. Uh, Marco, what all did you add to your collection this week? Uh, so I was I was able to pr- procure a, the uh, the AEW Series 6 um, Unrivaled, so that showed up, um, nice. I think, late last week. I think, like, after we re- recorded, I got mm-hmm. it, like, the next day. Yeah, that's when ours uh, came in, too. What yeah, was your so, uh, favorite figure from that set? Oh, man. I want to say the Sheeta. Yeah, yeah. I do same. love the Kenny Omega though too because the gear on that is pretty awesome. Kenny, there was no Kenny in uh, no, was Series it? Six, was it? Was he? Are you no, sure? We had Jake Hager. Yeah, we had Jericho, oh, Jake Hager. Jericho, we had Jake MJF. Um, That's right. And then we had the Lucha Bros. I mean, the Lucha right, Bros so are pretty awesome. We just confirmed them. that Marco is yeah. drunk. Yeah, I am a little bit. <laughs> um, no, I'm not drunk. It's I think the. I mean, I was going to say the Lucha Bros, but I mean, the black and gold looks pretty awesome. Um, it's never a bad colorway. No, it isn't. But but we I mean, compared that we compared them today because I was thinking like, man, maybe maybe these are my favorite Lucha Bros. But dude, that mm-hmm. that original black and white striking colorway is just from uh, series that, two. Yeah, but, it's so just I'm, money, dude. I'm still the Master Republic is kind of edging it out for me still. Yeah, it's oh, those are kind of like my incredible. favorite, like uh, Lucha Bros. Right there. I mean, I do have all now. I have all three sets to compare. Yeah, we but do right too. now the Master Republic is. Is where it's at, but yeah, definitely the. I'm gonna say the Sheeta, Jake Hager, eh, yeah, kind of, yeah. eh, kind of. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a unanimous, me, yeah. Dude. I yeah. really feel like if he had the knee pads, it would have, it would have made a world of difference. But uh, yeah, he's, yeah. Eh, he kind of nailed it. Meh. And uh, Meh. other, and then uh, today I received uh, Ultimate Series Ten, uh, John Cena and the came in today too. The Rock, Very cool. so the, that Rock get, especially, man, the Rock looked. I, I think Rock, UE Series Rock. 10 was a little bit underwhelming, but seeing them in person, they look, in, especially the oh, Rock yeah. figure is sick, well, the, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was from the from the very first start, from the Series 1 with Bret Hart and Shinsuke, yeah. and people were just like, oh my god, this is horrible, the head scans and blah, blah, blah. But as soon as you get it in hand, yeah. um, and especially if you're, not, if you're not an MOC collector <laughs> and you actually yeah. take it out. The figures are insane. Yeah. So I highly suggest, I mean, grabbing these ultimate edition figures because you can always church them up with like your favorite accessories from other figures and stuff, because like yeah. the actual figure and the articulation and everything is just insane. 
But yeah, that's it. That's it for me. So I had the same. I had Ultimate Edition 10 and the uh, Unrivaled Series 6. Um, for the some newer figures I grabbed, I grabbed the basic Chelsea Green in purple. Even though the black one was the chase, I kind of like the purple just to kind of spice up the display a little bit. I always like to go for the more colorful attires. And yeah. then I got the Damian Priest with the uh, rib tape. Sheena was a big fan of the rib tape that came on that figure. Stupid. <laughs> I don't I've never understood. It's funny. I can't remember. Was I listening? It was Turnbuckle. It was Turnbuckle yeah, Turnbuckle was talking about, talking about, about it. Today. Yeah, they're talking about rib tape because I was I saw that figure and I was like, wow, nice rib tape, bro. Like it would I've never understood the taped ribs. Like I don't I don't understand it. But yeah, it, it didn't it's whatever. It just looks lame. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go off the rails here, but yeah, what does that do if you like tape up ribs? It just, it just, it just, it's just signify, sympathy, it's signifying man. to the audience that there is a rib injury. I remember Seth Rollins wrestled for like four weeks straight with like rib tape on, and yeah. it always yeah, got ripped off. I'm just like, it okay, get, it helps you get sympathy with the fans, man. It lets them know that hey, dude, I'm, my ribs are hurt, but I'm still going to perform for you guys. Both yeah. sides, though, or just one side? <laughs> that's the whole. That, that, it that, just that's helps. It helps just compress everything together. You know, hold your ribs in. I, I don't know what it does. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then. uh Going old school, this is a big one, man. I have officially kicked off my WCW Galoob collection. Oh, These were okay. figures I had as a kid. Uh, they were in my fig fed with the Hasbros and stuff, and now I'm going back and grabbing them. And I started with the standout of the line, the Sting with the the blue tights. So this is Surfer Sting. He's got black and pink uh, face paint, like bright blue tights. I still think, even though this figure is about 30 years old, it is one of the best um, like head sculpts we've gotten of Sting ever. Like I don't know, I don't know who was sculpting these Galoop figures, but they really are like little miniature sculptures. They are they were very realistic looking as compared to the more cartoonish look of the Hasbro figures from the time. So I've always been fond of that Sting figure, and I went ahead and grabbed him with a belt. Um, and I'm looking to piece together an entire WCW Galoop collection. Marco, were you a big uh, Galoop fan back in the day? I did not collect any Galoobs at all, but um, you might you might you, you intrigued me now, so I might have to yeah take a look into they it. They were cool. They were basically they so they were definitely inspired by the LJN line because if you look, the figures are all in the exact same poses as um, various LJN figures. You know, LJN had about seven or eight different poses. Um, that they went to with their guys. It was the same kind of philosophy for the Galoobs, but these things were like rock-hard plastic, dude. Like These were definitely a weapon of choice to go to if you're going to start throwing figures at um, one of your siblings. Um, these things could definitely inflict some pain, but really, really cool. It was a fun line. Uh, it only lasted about like... There, there were two series, like two main series, and then there was a little bit of um, you know some variants and some UK exclusives and stuff. Definitely a line that got cut down uh, ahead of its time, but... We're working on it now, so if you got a set of Galoobs out there that are in pretty good shape, uh, slide into the DMs and let us know because we would be interested in grabbing them. Yeah, real quick. Drop by. Man, that's twice we hit a premature uh, sound drop. I know. Drop I was going to say, I didn't have I didn't have a figure purchase because clearly you already covered all of our figure purchases, but I did have a merch perch. It was oh, a, yes, yes. Yeah, a merch perch. It was the uh, Los Angeles Donuts Attitude Era, like Raw is War shirt. Um, just oh, a really yeah, cool, yeah, just a really cool, like stylized t-shirt. Um, I got the white. Uh, it features, you know, Stone Cold, The Rock, Kane, Undertaker, Triple H, Mankind, and uh, Shawn Michaels. Super cool 
cool designs. Like he doesn't just do wrestling shirts. Like he's got a lot of, you know, like sports figures and stuff like that. But I, you know, they look almost like bobbleheads. Yeah. It's of. like bobbleheads or like kind of like, I always call it brat style. You guys remember like yeah, brat yeah. stalls? Like it's kind of like that, like, you know, that style, but, uh, they look really, really cool. So definitely check out, um, our buddy over at Los Angeles donuts. It's spelled all the way out. L O S A N G L E S. Uh, and then donuts spelled D O U H instead of just the regular D O N U T S. So it's, it's like the classy spelling, the classy, the, the bougie spelling of donuts. So definitely check him out on Instagram. Give him a follow. Um, and check out, he's going to be shipping out those uh, Raw's War shirts on Monday. So definitely get your order in before Monday if you want to grab one of those. Yeah, and we'll get a link to uh, to all things Los Angeles Donuts in the show notes, as always. Anything else, Sheen? Nope, you can go ahead and hit that Turnbuckle Tavern, baby. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week is where myself, the heel husband, Chick Foley, and Marco, the MVP, give you guys a recommendation from a match or event from years gone by to get you through the weekend. This segment is brought to you by our good friends at Chalkline. Chalkline specializes in bringing you the absolute best in retro-inspired fan wear. They can be found on Instagram at ChalklineOfficial or at Chalk-Line.com. All right, I will get the retro wrestling pick of the week started off this week. I'm going with No Mercy 2017. I picked this show for one reason and one reason only, John Cena and Roman Reigns. This is their only prior pay-per-view match. Um, It was really kind of a one-month program. It popped up out of nowhere. I think Cena took a little bit of time off after this again, if uh, if memory serves. And Roman goes over in about a 20-minute long match. It's a pretty good one. Uh, 2017 was a weird year for Roman. He was going over on everybody, and for whatever reason, WWE was hell-bent on getting the spear over because it was basically one spear, and then they're done. And and that was what was happening leading into his WrestleMania 34 match against Brock. So um, it's a little bit awkward. The build for this is pretty good. So uh, if you want a little bit of an extended retro wrestling pick, go back and watch the Raw segments with these guys and the monthly nub to it. Um, John Cena was really just kind of dunking on Roman, uh, in their promo sessions and stuff. It's kind of crazy to oh, see yeah. how much better Roman's gotten over the last four years um, on his promos. But yeah, No Mercy 2017. There's also a pretty good main event between Brock and Braun Lesnar. This is really when Braun was at his peak. A lot of folks say this is where Braun kind of went sideways because he uh, he had so much momentum going and then he still dropped uh, the match to Brock in the main event. So um yeah, check it out. No Mercy 2017. That's my pick. Marco, how about you? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, since since we've seen the arrival of Nick Gage on uh, AEW, if you want to get yourself familiar with him, um, you could definitely search uh, Nick Gage versus David Arquette. Um, it's a, it's obviously it's a death match, um, but it's, uh, it, it's pretty brutal. So if you're not, if, if it's not for the squeamish, uh, especially towards the end of the match, uh, when something uh, unplanned happens, we'll say. 
uh, to to David Arquette, but uh, it'll give you an idea of what uh, what Nick Cage is. Or if you you know if you if you're if you have on demand, you can definitely uh, hit up um, Dark Side of the Ring and watch his episode to get a little background on who he is. But uh, if you want to see a match with someone um, you're familiar with, which is David Arquette, yeah, definitely search that one out. So uh, Nick Cage versus David Arquette, just so you can get an idea of what brutality. Um, awaits Chris Jericho next week. Yeah, uh, that was the one where, yeah, David Arquette thought he was going to die for a bit. Yeah. That was a pretty crazy. Caused a lot of buzz in the uh, the indie wrestling world. So, yeah, great recommendation. All right, Sheen, we got any listener mail this week? Oh, yeah. All right, All right, let's our, hear it. Our first question comes in from David Brooks. He says, what are your thoughts on Mattel, Cre- on Mattel Creation's pre-order system today? Did Sergeant Slaughter purposefully infiltrate and sabotage Marco's chance of getting a Sarge pre-order due to being a friend of the show and retweeting us? So I was successful. <laughs> I'll go first because I think Marco's going to be a little bit spicier. It worked fine for me, man. I got on, uh, I got on last night. Okay, so again, we're recording on Thursday night. So I got on Wednesday night and went ahead and created an account. Got all my info in there, and I actually kind of messed up on it, dude. I had I was all set to be like all hands on deck for the release, and uh, I was at a mandatory fun work function today, and it just so happened that like my chance to do uh, you know make a, a quick exit and get the hell out of there at the earliest possible opportunity coincided with the slaughter release. So I was actually driving. Um, slowly. Okay. I, I was, I was in like, you know, a residential area. So I wasn't going like 15 miles per hour, but I was driving right as the launch went live and, uh, and still somehow managed to score it. I was like 15 seconds late too. So me and Sheena were talking cause I know some of the most hardcore, um, figure collectors I know, like, you know, uh, our, our friend Jordan, um, Matt Cardona, obviously, you know, the, the quote unquote, Michael Jordan wrestling figure collecting, they lost out on it and we'll let Marco tell his story in a minute. Um, I'm thinking maybe like that initial rush of traffic all just got like bounced back, you know, Lord of the Rings style at uh, Mount Doom. And then I kind of just slid in on the second wave because it was no issue for me, man. I got it. I got it easy peasy. So uh, I got a slaughterhead my way here shortly. Marco, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think uh, I think my mistake was trying to go for two. I should have went with mm. one. Yeah, um, kick the not, extra point. Don't go for the two point conversion. Yeah, just, just thinking about that. I probably had a better chance of actually getting one. I think they're probably just, you know, maybe like the algorithm probably kicked out anybody that was going for two after the fact, um, especially if you're going in, you know, if you're like a minute after it or something like that. And there was a bunch of people that had two in their cart. They probably just like started, you know, basically saying this person's not going to make it. Um, but yeah, I, was, I mean, the order system wasn't bad. I logged in pretty easy. It wasn't, you know, they have like a waiting system, like you wait in line out pretty much to... Uh, to get your order, but obviously I was unsuccessful in doing so. But um, yeah, I don't think the order system was like flawed or anything like that. I, I do think I probably jinxed myself by, uh, <laughs> by uh, you know, making that call out by reminding everyone to, you know, go and pre-order it. On, uh, yeah, you got a retweet from Sergeant yeah, Slaughter Sarge this morning gave you the rub, dude. Man. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of, you know, you know, I, I, I'll look at it this way. I'll look at the W as, you know, I helped other people get one, essentially. Um, and if that's what, if I had to be the martyr in that sense, <laughs> so be it. We'll go with that. So Marco, that's, he's definitely <laughs> the baby the face of all baby faces. 
Um, he's kayfabing it right now. This dude was pissed when we were talking before we went live. He was bitching nonstop yeah, was. about Mattel creation. So I think he he doesn't want to end up like Sheena and be and be blocked by Bill McKenna. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so no. don't let him fool you, man. He he was mad, dude. I so was, I, I, I was so happy that, that everyone else got one. Don't, don't listen. I was, he's I was so like happy for it. all of you guys. I was I was happy for everybody, all collectors. All right. Uh, the next question comes in from Dougie Nunya on this same vein. It says, "If you were Dougie to ha- Nunya is back on Facebook, well, I huh? know. so within the span of a week, man, he <laughs> was back. straight up retired from Facebook. I think in the span of a week, he retired from Facebook, came back, then he got banned for like twenty four hours for something he posted because he's always posting some crazy <laughs> shit, and now he's back in the Q and A. So, Dougie, I love you, man." Um, Keeping full disclosure, dude, whenever uh, you made that dramatic post, like, you know, Facebook's becoming too much, I'm taking it off. I literally told Sheena, I said, he's going to be back in like two days. And sure as shit, man, you uh, proved me right, dude. So we love you, dude. I'm glad you're back. I was bummed. Remember, I messaged you, man, whenever I saw you commenting. Um, so I'm glad you're back. But yeah, yeah, it's just funny that you went from, you know, totally quitting Facebook to now you somehow slid into the freaking <laughs> Q&A session of the podcast. We, we've all been we've all been there, Dougie. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm actually it's funny. I'm going to I'm going to take Dougie's uh, last two questions. Uh, we, ha- we got some really good listener mail. So anything that I don't answer this week, I'm going to carry over into next week's segment. But I'm going to take these last two questions from Dougie because I don't know if he'll be here next week to, <laughs> to listen. He may he may quit on us again. But the, the first question from Dougie says, if you were to have free reign on a crowdfunded project with Mattel and or Jazzwares with special figures, rings, stages, crowds, vehicles, special moments in time, lights, accessories, etc. What would you like to see? I will go first. Well, I have a couple. I'll let you guys answer and then I'm going to swing back around to my my second one because I don't want to like hijack anything in case you guys were thinking the same, but so my I'll first, go first. Um, I thought I was so going to go first, bro. You just said you was going to let us answer. And I, said I, was gonna have, I said I was going to have my first, and then I was going to so let you gonna guys answer, answer. first and last? Yeah, yeah, what the hell? It's like, right. yeah. Yeah, how the does that so, Because I'm going show. first. My I'm name is on the it. building, dude. You know what True. I mean? All right, go ahead, Sheen. That's right. Um so I want a aunt, or a Trent's mom's van. I think I want that. I want that playset. I want like the. How would that be Mattel Creations though? That's he, he said Mattel and or Jazzwares. Did you listen oh, okay. to the question? He did say that. If you were to free reign on a crowdfunded project with Mattel and or Jazzwares, okay. Right. So we can, we we're opening up the we're opening up the possibilities. It's not just Mattel's create Mattel Creations, okay. Um, I want a Trent's mom's van with breakaway like. Uh, graffiti panels and you know the best friends and orange figures special figures uh little spray paint cans i want that that whole set from jazzware so i'm still waiting on that um what do you guys want to see um so they're on the right track with the new gen set that's very very cool um we'll definitely be plopping down our money tomorrow for that because it's probably the best ring that's ever been made but everybody the... plop down your money so we can get bonus stuff we'll yeah, see true the uh, the coolest thing they could do though would be um, a similar product, but for the Attitude Era. So um, even though all the different redesigns they've had, nothing's ever been more iconic than the early Attitude Era Titan Tron when it was still kind of lo-fi, just the uh, kind of like the stage the stage girders or whatever on the side, and that one just the regular rectangular Titan Tron yeah. with the black and red Attitude Era ring. Um, I think that would just be awesome. Just really, really cool to have, especially if you could get it in that brief period of time when the Titan Tron was a thing, but before they went to the scratch logo, I've never been a fan of the scratch logo at all. So, Same. um, if you could capture, um, the, the black and red raw look with the Titan Tron before it went to the scratch logo, 
you know, I'm not sure what dollar amount you could throw out there that I wouldn't pay to get that uh, fully scaled up. Marco, Bonus what about question, you? real quick. Pick? What would your exclusive figure be that came with the ring? Um, exclusive figure that came with that ring. I feel like it's got to be a Steve Austin. Um, True. I think I, 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 this is kind of like a, it's not the most exciting answer, but I think I would just go with a re-release of the old Defining Moments Austin in the jeans with the camo jacket. Um, I, I think that'd be the coolest thing you could do. Mm-hmm. See, I would not go, a bad answer. Yeah, just say, well, to, to answer your question on that, I'd probably go, if it's like raw, if, if you're going back in those days, I would go with the turning point of that whole uh, Raw's like the Raw Nitro thing, and just go with the go with like a, a Mankind, uh, the Rock type of type of deal when he won that championship. That'd be cool. Recorded that type of thing, just to like capture that moment that happened. Um, but yeah, my pick would be a full scale Hell in a Cell with Undertaker and Mankind. So oh, actual actual chain link fence. Yeah, um, Hell in a Cell like. The actual metal, not plastic. Um, breakaway table, obviously. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you want to throw Jim Jim Ross and Jerry the King Law. You probably don't need them, but definitely a ultimate edition version of Undertaker and Mankind with all the accessories, the chair that was used, all that stuff. So pretty that much would everything. Be awesome, dude. That was a part of the uh, Hell in a Cell. Uh, that monumental, historic Hell in yeah. a Cell. Will definitely be a part of that breakaway top part too. Yeah, so you can fall through. Stretcher. Uh, maybe have a switchable head with the sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe have a switchable. Have different heads where you can like take off the mankind head, and put on the other one with like the tooth and the with nose. the tooth hanging out. Yeah, the nose. yeah. <laughs> something I'm, like I'm that. I'm here for yeah. that. I I would I would put down money for that. For yeah, sure. I feel like yeah, I feel like that has to be a. Uh, um, immortalize it in some way, and I think that's probably the best yeah. way of doing it. There's so many. There's so many good moments. My my second one was going to be. You guys already know. Even though we have a custom gooker, I definitely want a breakaway egg with <laughs> oh a gobbledy gooker inside. I feel and like that Jean. would just be in Mean Gene. Yeah, you know we got a Mean Gene elite, but I feel like you got to have Mean Gene in that ultimate set. Ultimate edition um, Mean Gene. Yeah, with ultimate edition Mean Gene <laughs> with the uh, the gobbledy gooker breakaway egg. I feel like that is that's definitely what I would be funding. Actually, right, you know last what? question. What? Wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to add another one. We'll make it more current. So the Who Killed Roman. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, crowdfunded <laughs> set. I feel like that story never really got its... <laughs> yeah. No, but the set yes. would be... You could do like the 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 set almost falling on top of him. Oh you can have the car God. that almost hit him. I dude, <laughs> until until you said that, I had the literally Eric, an ultimate edition of the Eric Rowan lookalike. Yes. Yeah, ultimate edition Roman. Um uh Caleb Braxton too. Yeah. You can have oh my an ultimate God. edition. I had of her literally blacked him, almost... that out of my freaking memory. <laughs> like I until you just Who mentioned tried to that. Kill Roman. Yeah. Why oh could you forget God. that? I, that always sticks in, that's always in the back of my mind every time I see Roman Reigns. Yeah. I'm like, dude, someone tried to kill you <laughs> like last year, like during the pandemic. That's that's where that's where he made the turn. <laughs> right that's where he that. became the travel chief. He's like, you know what? Screw this, dude. No, nobody's gonna get me. Oh, All right. Our last question again is from Dougie. He says, It's midnight. You're on the road. Where do you pick to eat? Everything is open <sighs> and nearby. Everything is open. Yeah. Midnight. Everything is. Open. Everything is open and close, so there's no excuses. So what are you, what are you swinging by to eat on, on a on a midnight road trip? Uh, 
road trip. I mean, on the road, I guess, you know. Yeah, so. road trip. I'm I probably mean, going McDonald's, man. I know that's a boring answer, but I know what I'm getting. It's going to go down easy. I can handle it. My favorite fast food is Popeye's, but that's not always the best, man. Popeye's can definitely lead to some uh, some gastrointestinal issues. McDonald's is smooth, man. So I'm probably going to McDonald's. Hmm. Marco? Man, I've been speaking from experience because I used to do this all the time. But the back of the day when I was young and free and, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, doing all doing all the things as, Unchain- as she would Unchained say. by life uh, and family. <laughs> Unchain- yeah. Um, Wendy's. Wendy's was that spot. Oh, you like Wendy's? Um, Wendy's would uh, the Wendy's in my area would be like packed to the like after 12 midnight because it'd be like a 24 hour Wendy's or something like that. It'd be, yeah. the line would be ridiculous. Like you'd have to, it'd be in the street. That's how long. And then people would just hang out there too as well. Like you'd see all your friends. And that stuff was like a that. good, just, that was a good midnight spot. I've gotten, yeah, so, I've gotten many late night meals from, yeah, just, from there. Just like I said, just from experience and uh, the nostalgia, definitely, um, definitely Wendy's. I'm, probably yeah. with. I'm going with, I'm going with Chick-fil-A. I feel like it's just a safe choice. Again, if you're on the road, you want something that, you know, you know what you're getting. It's going to be satisfying. It's going to hit the spot, but it's, it's not going to cause any sort of, you're not, you're not taking any chances on any sort of like, you know, stomach issues or gastrointestinal issues. Like Seth said, I, I feel like <laughs> a Chick-fil-A, a, a number one original chicken sandwich meal, like that's going to hit the spot. It's going to do its job and uh, you're going to be safe because you're in God's hands. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm going with Chick-fil-A. All right. That is a wrap for episode 137 of the Chick Foley show. Um, you know, Chick-fil-A, Chick Foley, they kind of go hand in hand. So if That's you guys right. are out there listening, we're we're ready to have a uh, we we haven't crowned an official fast food joint of the Chick Foley show. Uh so you know, slide into the DMs. We can make that happen. Happy to Sheena, have you. Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Join our Foley fam at chickfoleyshow.com. Remember to use code Chick Foley to save 10% at ringside. And Marco is the reigning defending undisputed Chick Foley Show prediction champion. You got the closing words, dude. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some words from the uh, from the great the great John Cena, and uh, he says, "If you don't learn from your mistakes, then they become regrets." <laughs> <laughs>